Hey gang, welcome to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast, where we bring you the stories of track and field coaches from around the world. I'm your host, Mike Cunningham, and it is my honor and privilege to bring you the stories of these men and women. Uh, before we get into today's guest, I uh, want to just give a quick plug for subscribing to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast. Uh, whatever app you're using right now, most of you use the Apple Podcast app. Some of you used Overcast. Uh, Spotify seems to be popular as well. There should be a subscribe button to this podcast. If you would go right now and click on that, that will be your best way of knowing when we publish episodes. We don't publish regularly. Right now, we're in a really good era uh, of just almost daily, uh, but we may go to a weekly or monthly format. It all depends on the number of guests that reach out and agree. So um, best way, hit that subscription button right now. This week, it's my honor, my privilege to give you the story of Mont Johnson. Lamont Johnson is the head coach of Johnson C. Smith University in beautiful Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, he is just has a phenomenal story, uh, just oozes passion. He's a real track nerd, uh, and he has just got a phenomenal network of people that have poured into him. Uh, I hope I did it justice to just sit back and let him tell his story and uh, just represent himself, uh, his family, his friends with just the utmost of class because that's what this guy is. He's high energy, high class, uh, and high passion. So uh, without further ado, please help me welcome the wise, the wonderful Lamont Johnson. Hello, Mont. Yes, sir. All right, man. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, this is a, a real treat for me. You and I have known each other for, uh, God, I don't know how long for, actually. It's a long time. It's been uh, a long time. Long time. So this is a, a real treat. Uh, anytime I get to sit down with uh, someone I consider a friend and someone who I respect highly as a uh, track and field coach, is um, it's a real treat for me. So this is, uh, this is exciting. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Same here. Absolutely. And uh, so we are talking with Lamont Johnson. He is the head coach at Johnson C. Smith University uh, in beautiful North Carolina, host of many championships, NCAAs and uh, regionals and USATF meets. So uh, really excellent facility there. And uh, you'll hear me call Lamont Mont because, uh, again, that's just uh, a lot of of Mont's close friends and friends call him Mont. So you'll, you'll hear a little bit of a familiarity in, in that side of it. So Mont, uh, you have been at a lot of places and I mean that in a positive way. Um, so this is going to be fun to unpack your journey. Why don't we start back to high school and maybe let's start with, uh, what kind of, uh, track I'm assuming you were a track athlete. What kind of, uh, uh events did you do and, and where'd you do them at? Okay. So, I was a football player first. Mm. The, the, if you really wanna, mm-hmm. if you wanna get down to the nitty gritty, and so <laughs> football was over, and um, I was stuck. Like, what next? And mm-hmm. I was, I was in this gray area. Like, okay, do I, do I finish school? What do I do? Do I just go get a GED or? what have you, you know, but then I sat back and thought that I come from a Jamaican family and my parents will not be having it. So I better, <laughs> I, I, I better, I better finish school. So, um, one day I saw, 
I saw my I saw my my current my not my current but my then current teammates who's now one of my closest friends like yo would you just come on and come run track? And I was like, yeah, I don't know, this and the third, blah, blah, blah. He said, look, come to the Army. Now, mind you, the Army had just reopened. I'm telling my age now. But we, didn't, right. have to, we didn't have the bank track. We had the, the flat track that's under the bank track currently. So, and, you, so you're, and you're saying the Army. So you grew up in New York. New York. City. Yeah, yeah, okay. New York City. Right. I, went to, I went to DeWitt Clinton High School. Um, my, oh, coach yeah. was, my coach was Bill Wagner. Um, uh-huh. we, we ended up going to this meet in the Armory. And, you know, my girlfriend is going to laugh when I say this. But <laughs> she, she wouldn't expect anything less. I walk into the armory and I saw all these girls. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to run track. That's how it happened. Like, that, that, that's exactly how it happened. My, my, Boy, my, it's all my, about my, motivation. <laughs> right. My soul. I saw all these Jeez. girls. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and, you know, we, I'm going to run. So, it was fun. It started getting fun. You know, mm-hmm. I was one of the faster guys on the football team. And I figured, okay, this will help me. You know, this will help, you know, keep me occupied and keep me motivated to just finish everything out. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, we became one of the top um, relay teams in New York State. Hmm. Our main rival was Uniondale High School, which was oh, Aaron, Tucker, yeah. who, Aaron Tucker, who is currently the Penn State Associate Head Coach. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, we was battling back and forth, so on and so forth, indoor season, outdoor season. Then when I really came to the point where I knew I was going to run track, my coach took us to the pen relays. Oh, yeah. And I was sold from there. And we made one of the big championships. And I never seen that many people in the, in, in, in the, in the facility at a track meet in my life. Now, a little history, yeah, you know. Right. The Wick Clinton High School was the first high school team to wear the speed suits. And really? Yeah, yeah, yes. Nobody wore the speed suits before we did. And the meet officials was like, well, what do we do? There's no rules in place. So they just let us, <laughs> they just let us wear them. And it was my second legs idea to go get the speed suits. And Coach Wagner was all for it. He was like, you know what? We're going to make a, we gonna make a, a imprint. Let's make the imprint. But y'all better run fast. And we made the, <laughs> we made the finals, and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And wow, you know the, the the rest was history, and that's how I became a track and field junkie. So you're saying I want to make sure I get the the timeline right. Was this your senior year? Did you only run your senior year? Only ran my senior year. Wow, is that right? And mm-hmm. I want to make sure. So you know, we have that mutual friend and in, uh, in common Tuck. Uh, so. Who won? Who got the better of who between you and Tucker? On oh, races? T- oh, make oh, sure t- oh, Tuck's team was loaded. Tuck's team. Oh, okay, had, all right. <laughs> his, his, his lead leg, I believe, went to Florida State. He went to Florida. The third leg oh, went wow. to Ohio yeah. State. Oh, jeez. The ankle leg. I forget where the ankle leg went, but you know oh, that was gosh. a loaded team. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to make sure that was caught. That, yeah. was, that was recorded. Yeah, to make yeah, sure yeah Tuck, Tuck, Tuck got us. Yeah, Tuck got us. Tuck's my guy, man. He got us. So you were football the whole way, and really track was a way to keep you in school to finish yes. out your degree. That's yes. awesome. Man, yes. what, a, what a great sport. I tell you, I, you know, I'm obviously a lifelong track guy and in love with the sport and what it's done for me and my life and now, you know, my family and such. Uh, it just keeps getting better. Hearing that it kept – uh, a, at least one more person in school. That's that's awesome, man. That's really yeah, good. Definitely. You know, me growing up in New York City, there was a lot of 
a lot of distractions out there, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, like being at that age in the mid nineties when New York city was legitimately a jungle. So mm-hmm. for me to stay away from some of the elements that I knew I was going to be around, we mm-hmm. had to do, I had to do things that was going to make sure I came home late at seven o'clock, mm-hmm. eight o'clock or got me out of the neighborhood on the weekends and we're gone to far trip. We're coming back on a Sunday mm-hmm. point where your dog tired. All you want to do is your homework, eat and go and go to bed, you know? So, you know, yeah. I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity that coach Wagner gave me. And I love all my teammates to this day, every single one of them. That's awesome. Do you keep in touch with a lot of your high school? Oh, absolutely. Facebook, whether it's Facebook phone calls, if if they know I'm going to be at a certain track meet, they'll hit me up and they'll come to the meet to come see me. You know, it, it was it it was it, it's it's great. Once you're a governor, because that's what Dewey Clinton's name was. Once you're a governor, you're mm, governor mm-hmm. for life. So we're we're, we're <laughs> definitely we're definitely in in each other's um um thoughts. We always we always reach out to one another and we love each other. No matter how long it's been since we spoke to each other, we could pick up the phone and talk like we've been talking every day since. That's awesome. I love that type of uh, camaraderie and brotherhood. Absolutely. That's awesome. So were you more of a one-two type sprinter or more of a two-four? Okay, so high school. Oh. <laughs> high school, I ran the 200 mostly. That was my favorite. Okay. That was my favorite event. Um, ran the 100 periodically. Uh, I was forced to be on the four by four. Um, sure. <laughs> like the 400 meter runners. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I was forced to be on the four by four, you know. Um, but then when I went off to college, my first two years, I moved up to the two and the four. Okay. So, all right, that's a good segue. So you, it obviously kept you in school. Mm-hmm. You received your degree. Yes. What, what's that? What what college? How do we go to college? With that? Okay. We go? So here's here's a great story. So now. School, high school, high school graduation, everybody's done. I'm the last one to decide if he's going away to college. Now, right. my high school coach knows me very well. And, you know, the conversation he and my mother had was, if we can get him into school, I know that no matter what happens, he is going to finish. It doesn't matter how long it takes him, he's mm-hmm. going to finish. He is, whatever he starts, he's going to get it done. And so they started talking about options. Now, mind you, I had to go to junior college. So mm-hmm. my thing was, okay, I didn't want to stay on the East Coast. I didn't want to have quick access to get back home because that's where you start mm. you start forgetting, you know, your priorities and so on and so forth. Um, so Essex Community College was out of the picture. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, what and what a Mike Smart, yes, right? I think uh, I think a, he was I think he was there at the time. I believe that. Yeah, amazing program there. Right. Okay. And so, no, you know, you know, respectfully, I just had to move yep. away from the East Coast. Um, then the thought of Barton Community, Barton Community College came up, and I asked my coach, I said, where is that? And he said, that's in Kansas. I said, I'm not going to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just in Kansas. Right. It's the middle, middle of nowhere, nowhere Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> I'm like, nah, because one of my former, one of my, one of my teammates went there. And he uh-huh. was like, this is like a prison bed. And I'm like, God. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. He's like, I'm not going. He's like, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to go. I wasn't mature enough to handle that environment. Mm. You know, that being not being able to move around when I want to, nothing to do. I, what I knew, I knew at an early age, I wasn't mature enough to handle that. So mm. Central Arizona came into play. 
Mm. And you know the coach was very the coach at the time I forgot the coach's name so forgive me you know they were very mm-hmm. hesitant about giving me aid or whatever the case may be because I was a developmental athlete at the mm-hmm. time you know um Blinn Junior College everyone was scared to go to Blinn that was out of the picture um even if I went to Blinn I would I would have only had one year with Blinn because remember they shut their program down oh right. yeah so, right so Blinn was out of the picture and then finally. My coach said, listen, there's a school in California. My mother said, I am not sending him on the other side of the country. <laughs> yeah, how far more can now, you now, get? Mind you, mind you, for weeks on end, my, I said, mom, can I go to California? Because I've had this thing about wanting to go out to California. So here was my opportunity to go and yeah. get school related. My mother was against it. She was against it. Hmm. I'm talking about weeks upon weeks. School is about to start. I'm still in New York City. We haven't made a decision yet. My dad stepped in. And my dad, and I tell the story to everyone, my dad stepped in, pulled her to the room, five minutes later, uh, so we're going to let you go to California. (laughs) And, you know, I didn't didn't think about it at the time, so a couple of years later, I asked my mom, I said, Daddy, what did you ever say to mom to let me go to California? His words were, we raised you well enough to handle yourself. I had no worries. Your mother always makes the decisions, Aww. but I'm making this decision. My dad made the final decision about me going to California, and the re- and the rest wow. was history. I ended up at ended Mom- up at Long Beach City College. Mom's decision. Um, this is assumption. Uh, it wasn't based on whether you were going to be okay. It was it was her heart saying, "I don't want my baby being that far if away from you." Me. Was in the <laughs> airport in JFK the day I was. Oh. It was probably one of the most emotional, embarrassing moments oh. ever. She would not let me go. Oh my god, you call me soon. <laughs> I mean, I was in the air. She was calling the coach to make sure that they got me from the air. <laughs> she was out there the next week. She set up my bank account. She made sure I had everything. She, I mean, she was on top of, but my mother's a Caribbean. What a good mom. My mother is a Caribbean woman, so that's how they are, you know, and so. What a good mom. And I appreciate, wow. I appreciate it more and more and more. The older I get, the more I appreciate sure. it, you know, so that was a good, that was a good experience for me to go out to Long Beach City College, you know, Coach Richardson, so, Coach, Coach Alice. My, I'm not being cut you off, but Coach Alice was the one who yeah. signed off for me coming. But then Coach Alice okay. took the job at USC. All right, right. Yeah. He took the USC job, and then they elevated the sprint coach to the head coach, which was Coach Richardson and Coach Washington and Coach Ripley, who was the American pole vault hold, the American record holder in the pole vault. He was one of the coaches there as well. So it was it was a good it was wow. a good um it, it was a good it was a good experience there. What what year is this? I got there ninety uh, fall ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah, okay. Fall 94. Yeah, wow. Yeah, fall ninety four. Wow, man, that's amazing. Yeah, you can't get much further farther than uh, than California. So you go to beautiful Long Beach, by the way. I've been out there a few times. It's an amazing oh, area. Yeah. Uh, you uh, do you develop more now into the short sprinter or to the long sprinter okay. there at Long so Beach? So they moved me to the four in the two. And I'm saying the four in the two in that mm. particular order. Um, mm-hmm. My coach felt that I wasn't developed yet as a explosive hundred meter runner. And they came from a, a system where, okay, well you start out with the quarter. Cause I was a newbie. We're going to start him with the quarter, get him mm-hmm. strong. And then when his body's able to handle the hundred, then he'll go back mm. down to the hundred. Now Papa Don, you know, coach Don, who was the legendary coach from Long Beach Poly, He was one of my coaches as well. 
And so, oh, wow. you know, we ended up moving me to the court. I hated those practices. Yeah, I was wondering, how's, how was this going? <laughs> Man, let, let me tell you, there was some things that we didn't practice that I don't think human beings should even be allowed to do. <laughs> one of the hardest workouts of the day, like one of the hardest workouts I ever did, we did two eights, two sixes, two, two fives, two fours, two threes, two twos, and we had to do high what? knees up and down the football field four times. All in one All practice. All in one practice. Oh, but geez. if you knew who we had to run against, I see why we did it. You know, Felix Sanchez was in our conference at the time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, Charles Lee, the 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 All American from USC, Vince Williams. Oh, those guys. Like we had a lot of great people that came out of those out of that California JUCO system. Oh, you yeah. know, and my teammates. My teammates alone, Leo Settle, who's now the head, who's now the head coach. Yeah. He's the uh, assistant coach at SMU. Lawrence, a great Lawrence Johnson, yeah. who is the head, who's the coach for the world record holder in the 400 meter hurdles. He was my, wow. he was my teammate. George Clare. George Clare was the oh, one, geez. George Clare was the one who discovered Shawnee Miller Weibo. Okay. That was, wow. that was her coach. We were all roommates. Oh. Uh, Marvin Gibson was, was a, was a Long Beach oh, City geez. alone. Um, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm I'm drawing the blank here. So you had to get good, get gone. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 had we like the guy, guys who were the coaches. Some of the top coaches came out of that program. During we were all teammates, and we all came out of that program. Wow. So you know, I was blessed to have that kind of talent because they were talented runners. Yeah, but they became right. even better coaches. Saying. So I could always pick up the phone, call them, and get info. Yeah, you know, not support them all the time. So. It was great. So where are you academically and in your thought process for what you want to do after running is gone? Has, has coaching entered your mind at all at this point? Or are you uh, studying to be a teacher or something? Where, where are you at Okay, there? so I get, my, I get my AA from Long Beach. I go to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it came down between Iowa State and Tennessee. And, and I know Hassan Stamps oh. and Jabri Harris is going to hear this. They give me crap all the time. Um, I decided to go. I decided to go to Iowa State for a multitude of reasons. Um, when I finally got my degree, I finally got my degree. When I graduated, I was doing social work. Um, mm-hmm. I did social work for three and a half years. I, I was an absolute natural at it because I can understand the plight of some of these young kids was coming up yeah. and doing because I can of, see because that. of my upbringing in the uh, in the environment in which I grew up in. So. Mm-hmm. One day I was just sitting there. We had practice, and I looked at my coach. I looked at coach and God rest his soul. He was like, "I was like, coach, I want to get into coaching." He was like, "Really?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Okay, well, at that time, you know, Iowa State was a separate program, so you're only allowed to have three coaches." So he was like, "Okay, well, you could be a volunteer." So I was still training unattached. I was still competing, and I was going through the steps of becoming a coach. Everything from Trimming the 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 head, trimming the uh, the hedges on the track, you know where the grass is. Mm-hmm. I, I started from cleaning the track, from cleaning the shed, from reorganizing reorganizing the the equipment, from, mm-hmm. from everything up until the point where he said, "Okay, now I want to see how you could put work." I said, "Now this is years later." So I want wow. you to put a workout together. I put it together. He looked at it, crumbled it up, threw it at me, and said, "Do it again." <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now wait a minute. I have to assume you had to. Your background was from some great coaches that you were kind of really recreating those, and he, he just right. Have he wasn't having it because he was like anybody can get workouts from somebody, but if you don't know how to mm. implement those workouts with the talent that you have, 
you are wasting time. And he, he, he was words. the first person to tell me, Lamont, I can give you Maurice Green's workouts from 97 all the way up into 2003. And if you don't know how to implement it, make changes, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. All you're doing is copying and pasting. You're not doing anything. You're not mm-hmm. doing anything constructive. He said, look at the talent that you have. He taught me how to individualize workouts for individual people because he did it for me when I was competing for mm-hmm. him. So I started to understand the nuances of putting together training cycles and putting together, you know, fall training packets and so on and so forth. And it took a while for me to convince him. <laughs> I can say it took exactly two years for me to convince him that I could write workouts. It took me two years, and I had to keep I had wow. to keep perfecting my craft. And he would pay for me to go to level one. He did everything for me, and then when I finally broke through, he was like, "Okay, now you go ahead and let's see what you got." And we went yeah. from there. Yeah, I was going to ask during that time, were you doing other um, research and bouncing off ideas from other places? So you said you mentioned level one. Did you do any level two? And we didn't even have uh, USTFCA's uh, great coaching education program back then. It was all all level one, level two. Stuff. Right. I have I, I did the level one. Um, never got a chance mm-hmm. to do the level two, but I know I got to do I got to mm-hmm. do all that stuff. I gotta, I'm going to mm-hmm. do all that stuff over. Um you know, basically, you know, a lot of my knowledge came from him. You know, people tend to, mm-hmm. tend to forget he put, I think, four or five people in the 84 Olympics. They were all. Mm. And, and make, let's make sure, because I know who you're talking about. Let's make sure other people know who you're talking about, because this is a, he, he's an, he is an amazing man, was an amazing man. Steve Lynn. Steve Lynn, Steve Lynn. a long time coach at Iowa State yes. that, uh, yeah, uh, doesn't get the credit. You know, he's not around. He passed away. Uh, but, um, really just an amazing coach. I, I got to know him near the end of his career and uh, boy, uh, he was a special guy. And, you know, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely grateful. Um, the way he treated my parents during the recruiting process, the way he treated my parents mm. after the recruiting process, the way he treated my parents after I was done that, mm. you know, I kind of get emotional when I talk about him. Um, mm-hmm. He took a kid from New York city who was a little bit rough <laughs> to say the least <laughs> and scolded me when I needed to patted me on the back when I needed it and helped develop me into becoming the man that I am now. I'll say what kind of influence was he on how you are as a coach today? Um, He's taught, he taught me how to be a better communicator. Um. Mm. He treated all of us different. You know, he he taught me how to deal with individuals, individuals, individually. Like he knew I was from the Bronx, so he was able to kind of be a little bit more rough with me. But with mm-hmm. my other teammate that was from Chicago, because of his crazy upbringing, he had to talk to him very gently. So he helped mm-hmm. mold me into knowing, understand your kids, understand the recruiting process is very vital in how you deal with these individuals and how you talk to them and how you move with them. Sometimes you can't yell at certain kids, can't, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, that's one of the main things he taught me. He taught me to love hard. Don't let no one tell you that this has to be strictly a business. Love those kids. Like you would want someone to love yours. I'll tell you, you know, I get the uh, amazing opportunity to talk to coaches around the country. And I think, you hit it right on the head there uh, describing how coach was that the better ones understand 
that communication is at the heart of it all, uh, that you have to treat people where they are today. Uh, and so that means maybe you got to be tougher on this one and you can't yell at this one and things like that. They don't just blanket coach the, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 kids that are in their group. So that's, that's a real testament to your coach there at Iowa state. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, that's awesome. he, 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 he means a lot, you know, and I've always said, you know, when the time comes, when I do get married, his son will be in my wedding. Mm, his, his son will be in my Scott. Scotland will be in my wedding. He will be a part of my wedding awesome. party without question. I love that kid. That's awesome. Love his son. Love his daughter. Love everybody in his family. So that time obviously uh, was just a huge, just a huge imprint on your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he teaches you so much. He's really preparing you for a career in in coaching track and field. So when it was time to to leave, where right. did you end up? Where was your first? place after Iowa State. Okay, so <laughs> my next my, my next stop was University of New Mexico. I was part of Coach Joe Franklin's first initial staff there. Is State. that right? Yes, I was a I was a volunteer coach there oh. as well. So I was conti- I was continuing to train. Okay. And so oh, okay. true story. Yeah. So true so true story. So everything's coming to a head. You know, they elevate Corey Emos who's at Boise State now. Mm-hmm. Um they elevate Corey to they had the director of track and field, whatever the case may be, and everybody kind of went their own ways. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm, and it's funny. I'm watching University of New Mexico play a non-conference, non-conference game, and I get a phone call from Leo Settle. Leo's like, "Hey, just want to let you know, man, I'm gonna take this job at I'm gonna take this job at University of New Mexico." I said, "Good, guy. I've been trying to tell him, look, you did everything you can at Arkansas Little Rock. Time for you to move on." Mm-hmm. He said, "Okay." He said, you know what? You're right. So I, I I took the job and um when you did you could be down here, I said, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, wait, what? <laughs> Hold up. He said, what? He said, he said, Lamont, you're not doing anything in Ames right now. It's time for you to it's time for you to move from wow. Ames. You gave everything you've given Ames, everything you have. You know, at one time I was Iowa State. I was the face mm-hmm. of Iowa State. You know, and people knew Iowa State, based on me, based on what I did unattached, and based on what I did as collegiate, they 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 knew because I was I was the energetic one. I was the one that was always seen, you know. So, um, you know, when Leo told me, "Hey, come on down," I said, "You know what? Let me talk to the head coach first. I just want to show up." He was like, "Ah, Frank Lurie, no, you come." I said, "Out of respect, let me talk. Let let me <laughs> let me talk to Joe." <laughs> so I get there, I get there, and you know, I watched Joe build that program to where it is. Let me tell you something. Joe taught me never to be a prisoner of that rule book. Hmm. What I mean by that is he was on those NCAA uh, uh, boards, you know. Mm-hmm. He was on, and so there was things that Joe taught me that you was able to get what you wanted and they, they can't do nothing but say yes. Mm. <laughs> you know, he he is so meticulous and watching him build that program from the ground up. Joe took a lot of shots too, man. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was rough, but you know what? We stood in front of him. We made sure nothing happened to him. And I credit Joe for saying, you know what? You want to be a coach? Here, you're going to take this group to Arizona <laughs> by yourself. Boom. Here you go. Hmm. Handle that. Yeah. He... Wait, what? Wait, what? 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 Right. There you go. There you go. Bye. Take them to Arizona. The rest of us are going here. They want to go to Sun Angel. Take them to Sun Angel. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and, and you know, so he was he he was very 
instrumental in in my development as mm. a as a coach and learning how to travel and learn how to do the hotels and learn how just just being more in tune with being more um structured. So watching him watching him do that and watching him and and him giving me the opportunity to do what I do I was able to do I'm forever grateful to Joe Franklin man so you've had some was, really and this is still early we, we've <clears> still got years to go through here oh, so yeah. far at this point you have had some really strong male specifically uh besides mom uh role mm-hmm. models in the coaching world from Steve to now Joe who again I I would uh, second, everything you said about Joe, I think he gets he's one of those coaches that gets more done with less than uh, uh, other coach uh, programs out there. He just does a phenomenal, phenomenal job everywhere he's been. I got to know him when he was at Butler, uh, but at New Mexico, he's definitely elevated everything. And you know, the one thing, you know, the one thing I love about Joe, Joe doesn't care, he's gonna do it his way mm. unapologetically. And when he does it, if he fails, he knows that he's gonna fail. On his terms, right, and that's why he's fearless. Mm-hmm. He's 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 fearless. Like I said, he has his quirks, like Joe does. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, Joe's a different Joe, Joe's a different cat. Mm-hmm. But but I love him. I'm appreciative of him, and I will always be grateful to him. And you know, him part of that staff was uh, Coach Aaron. Uh, Coach, obviously, Leo was there, mm-hmm. and then Mario Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's right. Jump coach, who's the coach at University of Virginia, yep. and. I credit Mario for a lot of stuff too. So that's that's my that's my brother. And if he ever needs me, he knows where he knows where to find me. Man, you were surrounded uh, by some great people. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mentioning Mario, uh, golly, holy cow! I tell you, mm-hmm. one of the things that you made me think about when you mentioned Joe and another person that I, I know we'll talk about here in a little while too. Uh, you know, I think you can really tell a lot about head coaches, the assistant coaches that that work under them and then where they go and the success that they do. So, you know, people like you, uh, Austin Brobes, Leo Settle, Mario, the people that have gone through, I'm missing a lot of people. There's, you know, he's, he's got a great tree out there uh, that Mm -hmm. have gone on to quote unquote, bigger, better uh, programs and have done uh, just some amazing things. I I think that's a real Testament to the way Joe uh, head coaches and and mentors his assistant coaches. Uh, Yeah, definitely. And I will tell you, the coaching that the coaching that we all did as a collective, it was it, it was something to behold, man. I mean, mm. I mean, Jaron Solomon. I've never seen a young man work as hard as him. Mm. He physically elevated everybody else from Thomas Trahill to Jermaine McQueen to Philip Reed, God rest his soul. Um, the year before, Ariel Burr, Christine, uh, Christine Math- Matheson. You know, we, we, we've had so many great moments there, huh. you know, watching these kids become all Americans, watching these kids achieve their goals and becoming conference champs, conference runner ups, NCAA qualifiers, regional qualifiers, you know, some of the things that they couldn't even possibly imagine. You know, um, the first time I was ever really brought to tears was by Ariel Burr at the regional championships. You know, that's, you know, I love that girl. I love her to this day. You know, she's the mother, she's the wife now. And she, she impacted me in so many ways to the point where you know I'm I'm forever grateful to her. Hmm. Um, but I, I'm definitely like I always give credit to the athletes who've helped make my career what it is. You know, like coach, like 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 Ken Horn didn't say, all I do is drive the van. 
you know. And, <laughs> yeah, that is the know, saying. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I drive the van, make sure I get them to the airport, get them to the track meet, and get them back, get them back home safely. <laughs> you know, and so. And so, you know, I'm very, I'm very grateful for the athletes. And a lot of coaches don't really say that enough. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the athletes, not just the coaches that giving me opportunity, but the athletes, because they were my opportunities and they gave me the ability to, to elevate my career. You know, I think a, a lot of things are going to come out of this uh, time that we're in today with no season here for 2020. And, uh, you know, my, um, I, I think you, you really spoke a lot right there about the maybe coaches that have, uh, maybe they're going through the emotions. They're, they're not, they don't remember why the passion that they got into coaching and the athletes and things like that. Maybe this time away from competitions and practice will, uh, maybe reinvigorate, uh, coaches passion about the athletes and development and, uh, not only development of athletics, uh, athletic ability in, in, uh, in kids, but just their whole, um, mindset of, of coaching young men and women to become good people in this world. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So how, how many years were you at uh, in Albuquerque? I was there from 2007 to 2009. Okay. Yeah, that's a good time. That's a great place, man. I wish, yeah, I wish yeah. I'd have been able to stay longer this uh, two weeks ago, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> right. With everything, man. Jeez. Right. So what was I, the next I will, I will, Okay. Let, let's no, just, go, let's, go ahead. Let's I, go back to New Mexico thing. Yeah. I will say this. I have, a, I have a whole new level of respect for those who build tracks. A lot of people don't know this, but our second year there, we had to put the bank track up. Yeah, that was. Uh-huh. Yeah, that. I salute you, Gil, everybody <laughs> who, who got to put those tracks up. I salute y'all. Okay. Hey, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> that's a great segue. I think it's episode six or seven, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to sit down with Stephen Madrid. Uh, while I was in Albuquerque, who oversees the um, convention center as it relates to that track. He oversees the team that puts it down every year and picks it up every year. And uh, it was fascinating to talk about what it takes to do that. It is not it is not my nine year old's Lego set. It is much more complicated and much more. (laughs) Yes. So if yes. you uh, if you think that's interesting, go back right now. Hit pause on this podcast or not finish out, and then go back and listen <laughs> to Stephen Madrid. You will be, uh, I guarantee you, you'll you'll enjoy that interview uh, very much. He was a fascinating, absolutely Madrid to, to death, absolutely. But uh, the, the, so you the, learned a lot, on, yeah, yeah. So so to touch on your next question about where I ended up next. Mm-hmm. So it's two thousand nine. We we are in we are at the NCAA championships outdoors out in Fayetteville. And, um, you know, my goddaughter's, my now goddaughter's father was at the meet. You know, he and I developed a friendship over the years while he was coaching at Texas El Paso. And um, I can, when he came up to me, he said, yo, he was like, Lamont, you ever thought about coming to Tuscaloosa? I said, <laughs> University of Alabama? I said, <laughs> now, I'm, now, mind you, I'm happy, but I'm like, Oh man, this is the SEC. Cause you know, mm-hmm. you the SEC, you know the the history. Oh, the SEC is the mm-hmm. is the creme de la creme of track and field and sports and everything. And so, we was I was like, I don't know. He's like, listen, go talk to Coach Glance and ask him, can you come? I said, I was scared, man. I'm talking, I was shaking. I was like, 
I was like, Mr. Glance? He was like, what's up? You know, now, you know Coach G. I was going to say, one of the nicest guys in the world. Right, right. exactly. You know, you, know, you know, Coach Glance is one of the happiest dudes on the planet. And so yep. I was like, you know, and Vic is standing there, and Vic is laughing because he knows I'm nervous to ask. You know, I was wondering if I could come to the University of Alabama and hold my skills. Coach, he looked at me and said, man, why are you talking all professional around me, man? Look, you want to come to Coach Come on, baby. So come on. <laughs> You know, I, I can see like, this playing out. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, maybe he put his arm up. Yeah, suck ball. Maybe yeah, he got to be on. Uh-huh. And so, and, and, and so, and so Vic and his now wife allowed me to stay with them until I got on my feet and whatever the case may be. Hmm. I get to Alabama and I'm talking about this is a whole different monster. Mm-hmm. Everything from how they run the athletic department, football, I learned very quick. Don't play with Nick Saban, okay? <laughs> leave Nick, leave, leave Coach Saban alone. Don't know if you if he walks past you, how you doing, Coach? And keep it moving because he's a busy man, you know. Um, you know, so we get there, and now Coach G is teaching me different elements of what it means to be a professional. Hmm. So give me an, give me an example of that. How we how we dress first and foremost. We were never mm. allowed. You seen Coach Glance dress. We were never mm-hmm. allowed. If we was going to that airport, we were never allowed to wear anything other than a suit and tie. Hmm. Okay. And it got to the point where I bought five different suits because <laughs> it was the presentation. You're representing University of Alabama. It's a brand. It's a worldwide mm-hmm. brand. And I didn't realize how much of a worldwide brand it was. So one day I'm traveling by myself and I got on my Alabama gear and it's this old couple. I can tell this story now because I didn't break any rules. <laughs> um, this old couple sitting there and they come up to me, roll tide. I'm like, uh, roll tide. Just like, just like the mm-hmm. ESPN commercial. Oh, that's not mm-hmm. me. They will come up to you, roll tide, roll tide, don't roll tide. And this couple come to me, they sit next to me and it's like, what position you play? And I'm like, I guess they think I play football. I said, sure. Uh, I said, I'm, I, I said I'm, a, I'm a junior college transfer. I play defensive back. And y'all think y'all gonna be able to win it all next year? I said, well, you know, Julio. I said, Julio, Mark, and those guys are coming back, and you know, I'm coming in. Hold, you know, this and the third. And I, 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 I would say that the conversation took a took a nice little turn. I'm, I, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna, I'm not gonna say too much. But that's I'm, right. That's right. Let, 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 Remember, you say, you were reminded that you were reminded that this was recorded. That's right. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm gonna I'm I'm leave it at that. I can tell you off the record how that conversation ended. <laughs> but 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 then but then you know I, I never I, you know it really right there at that moment it made me understand the depths of how serious SEC sports really is, hmm. and. You know, my first SEC championships, you know, we had a kid that was ranked number six in the country in the 60. And he didn't make the finals of the SEC championship Mm. in the 60. You know, now, mind you, we had a kid come in from Grenada, young kid, you know, you might have heard of him. (laughs) Just a little guy named Karani. So, yeah, a guy named Karani James. Um, So, he's never ran indoors before. So, now we have the championships. Mm. And Karani goes out there and he runs 45-24. So I'm jumping him down. He's 17. He's only 17. I'm happy. Here comes Torrin Lawrence drops 45. Oh, gosh, I said, yeah. you've got to be kidding me. 
I, the, I, the three migraines I ever had was at both <laughs> SEC outdoor meets and that indoor meet. And so they're looking, and true story, Mark, they're looking for me. And you know how Arkansas set up the bleach, this bleach all around uh-huh. the track. It's the one that's up by the one that's facing the curve, but looking directly at the finish line. Yeah. I'm sitting up there. I'm sitting up there by myself with my head down. And they're looking for me to get to go back to the hotel. And it was like, yo, where's, 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 where's Lamont? And we, so they're looking for me. They go back in the, and I'm sitting in there. And I guess one of the coaches is like, hey, man, your, your, your coach is sitting up in the stand looking like he's about to have a connection. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I just got this sad look on my face. And Coach G comes and sitting next to me and says, son, what's the matter? I said, he ran 45-2 and lost. And Coach glanced at me. He said, son, welcome to the SEC. This ain't the Big 12. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I got this sad, depressed look on my face. And Kawani's like, coach, you know it's going to be okay. I'm like, dude, you just <laughs> ran the PR and you lost. He's, Kawani said, you know that happens, right? I said, <laughs> Wow, that's a mature statement for a seventeen-year-old. Yeah, and I'm like, and I, I'm, I'm talking. About, I'm saying that I couldn't eat. I was sick, man. I mean, wow. the kid, my my sixty sprinter ran six sixty-two, going into the NCAA championships, ran six sixty-eight in the prelims, and didn't make the final mm-hmm. of, of, of SEC championships, but made the yep. finals at NCs, which, which is mind-boggling to me. So it, it was, it was, it was a whole new experience, and you know, um, just the two years there. When I tell you, I've never seen a man so revered and so loved. Everywhere we went, Coach mm-hmm. Glance was Coach Glance was the show. He was mm-hmm. the show. Everybody loved him. The energy. The kids would run through a wall for him. I'm not just saying that because it's a clever cliche. I'm saying that realistically. Right. Those kids would have ran through a wall for him. And he um he he has a you know first of all his athletic background you know bar none no one's can can touch that but he right. had an amazing way to be at a high level coaching wise at Auburn and Alabama and such but yet still be that's why I loved your story about you were nervous to go talk to him but he his his real strength was the ability to humble himself and still talk with quote unquote normal people <laughs> if that you know does that make sense yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He he was able to make everybody feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like the love, like you can't say not one bad word about him. And Mm-mm. some of the, and some of the gems that he would drop on us, <laughs> it, it was to, it was to the point where it's like, wow. Like he knew every event from the sixty to the ten k. He mm. knew how to coach every event. And Is that right? I I didn't know that. I. I... Pitbull Co- is a Clance. sprinter and hurdler and maybe some jumps. His knowledge was all the way through, huh? His, his knowledge was all the way through. And huh. another coach, another coach I had the pleasure of being around and learning a lot from, Joe Walker. Uh, oh, you yeah. Talk about, you, you want to talk about one of the best distance coaches who can also drop down and coach the short sprints? Remember who mm-hmm. his dad was. His dad is Joe Walker Sr. Mm-hmm. So... He learned everything, and I would sit down and I would just listen to Joe talk about VO2 max and all this other stuff that distance runners go through. And I was I was so engaged that you know he made me have a different outlook on distance performance and distance mm-hmm. training and just just everything else. He was one of the first distance coaches that never shied away from coaching 800 meter kids that can mm-hmm. run the four. You know, a lot of distance coaches, you know, they they kind of shy away from. 
the eight four guy. They like the eight fifteen guy because it kind mm-hmm. of falls in the realm of what they want to do. But he took on the entire task and what he did with Fred Samori, what he did with Aaron Stocksdale, what he did with the Ball Brothers, what he did with mm-hmm. all with, with David Tyson and all those guys. Mm-hmm. It, it was it, it was something it was something to behold, and I was very grateful to watch him work for two years and watch him do absolute great things in 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 his disciplines man so, yeah there's not greater track families than the walker family I, I didn't know uh the original walker very well i got to know um joe walker Ole miss pretty well yeah and then joe walker known for my whole career and uh and again i would agree with that just uh boy super smart people that you give him a long jumper, the coach is an Olympian, his dad does. Give uh, Joe the third kids, and he could, he just he's a coach. He's not a right. distance coach. He may coach distance. He may be the cross-country coach. He's just a coach. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and Wow, and going what an to, amazing and, and, time. And, 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 and touching on the kids, mm-hmm. those kids, because remember, at that time, Alabama was still a separate program. You know, it was still mm, male. That's right. You know. You know, Coach Fowler, Coach Sandy yeah, Fowler, the, great women's, Fowler, the yeah. women's coach. And then one of my Iowa State coaches was the sprint coach, Scott Roberts. Um, oh, that's who, right. Yeah. Yeah, who, who taught Golly. me a lot. He taught me a lot about speed and power development. I give him as much credit as I give Coach Lynn. He is one of the better sprint coaches that goes under the radar in this country. Um, but I'm going to have to find – my goal is going to be to find a coach, a great coach that you haven't been in touch with <laughs> been impacted by holy cow I, 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 i've been i've been i've been blessed um yeah you got your own hall of fame for your career <laughs> absolutely but go Jeez. going with going going with the kids from ray jadison to brandon spradley to matt watson to karani james to the you know to the twins to everyone that was on that team when i tell you i never saw a bunch of god-fearing humble kids oh i mean i still talk to those kids to this day I love those kids, man. That's awesome. I love those kids. Like, like they, Matt Watson brought me to a place spiritually that a lot of people wasn't able to do. And hmm. I credit a lot of, lot of my growth because you're never too old to learn from somebody younger. And I credit mm-hmm. a lot of my, a lot of my spirit, my, my spirituality growth to him, hmm. him and Brandon Spradley, those two individuals they changed the course of my life. I never forget the day when Coach Glenn announced his retirement. I broke down on the track, mm. and I, I just got here because you know he announced it my first year there, but he didn't leave mm. until the second year. And so I'm breaking down. I'm crying. I'm 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 losing it. And Coach Glenn tried to talk to me, and I'm like, I can't. And Coach Glenn understood the emotional stuff I was going through based on everything that happened at Iowa State and now right. I'm a coach I can lean on now. Right. He's not going to be here. You know, Matt Watson picked up the phone and said, Coach Mottman, we need you, man. He said, you're you're the energy. You're, you're, you are what makes us get up and get to that track and want to perform. Wow. And when he said that to me, instant tears. Instant tears. <laughs> and I said, I'll be out there tomorrow. And Coach Glance looked at me and Coach Glance said, get the energy back. Get those guys ready. We got to get ready for postseason. Mm-hmm. I said, All right, say no more. And I did my part. And that's why I love Coach Glance because Coach Glance accepted me for who I was and the energy that I brought. At first, he didn't understand me. Mm. He called. He called Coach Lynn. <laughs> and he spoke to Coach Lynn, and then he pulled me into his office. He put his arm around me. He said, "Now I understand you. 
huh. be you. He said, I want you to be who you are. I said, all right. Went out there. Was always professional with it, but he liked my energy. The fact I was bouncing around and I used to make practice so much fun and, 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 you know, the energy that I would have and just the love that I had, the guys responded to it. And coach Glance just said, that's Lamont. That's who he is, baby. I got to accept him for who he is. And he always allowed me to grow. And if I did do something crazy, like I did that one time <laughs> with the, with, with the Nike, with, excuse me, with a pair of spikes uh-huh. that I had, <laughs> I did something. On, I did something on another on another channel. Uh-oh. Like, uh, take it down. <laughs> take it too down. much. Too much. <laughs> yeah, he like, take it down. Too much. I was like, okay, my bad. Coach. You, know, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Take it down. Even coach. race cars have a speed okay. limit. <laughs> right, right, right. It's too know, far. But, you know, but it was it was a learning. But you know, it was a learning lesson, and he always told me. He said, "You know, I'm glad that you went to, I'm glad that you went to Albuquerque, but I wish you would have been here two years." Oh, that's hey, you that know, is a so, huge compliment, right? Like, yes, man, absolutely. how could I, how could I have gotten more time with you? Holy cow! Mm-hmm. And everything that he has told us over the years has came to fruition. Hmm. He has, he has been right on every single thing that he's ever told us. That's my that's my mentor. That's my that's my father figure. Everyone who I introduced them to, I got athletes who want to beat him just based on the stories that I've spoken about <laughs> in regards to him. Like they just want to meet him. They want to meet like my like my girlfriend Amber Williams, who's the you know coach at Cleveland State. She met him, and everything that I said, she saw it right there off the spot. Mm. You know, so. It, it was great, you know, you know, he gave me the stamp of approval for her and you know his word means a lot. So it, it was it, it was it was it was a it was a very good it was a very good thing that happened in my life to be in to be able to work under him and study under him and be at the University of Alabama. It's such a small world. You mentioned Amber. She came to Ball State soon after mm-hmm. I left Ball State. <laughs> and I always was kind of like Wow, I wish I'd have stayed to coach her. <laughs> You know, she's pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people said that. You know, you you know, I I I didn't realize how good she was. And funny, she we. You know, funny thing is, this how funny life works. She was at the 2008 indoor championships. I was there too. I was supposed to run, Mm. but I had this really bad knee injury. And you know, Coach Hobson. Um, told me, you know, Lamont is the Olympic year. Don't risk it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know me. I'm hard headed. I'm gonna go out there and try to muscle <laughs> it out because I paid all that money to come out the ball. That's right. That's right. Go ahead and compete. So she was in the hurdle final against Kelly Wells and mm-hmm. I think Lolo was in the race, and she ended up getting like third or fourth or something like that. So she was a she was a great athlete in her own right. Oh, some yeah. of the Mac, some of the Mac records that she owned. Mm-hmm. And, from the school records that she owned, I mean, you know, she is she is legendary in her own right. She's a Hall of Famer at the her Hall school. of Famer, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, in a in a track she, program that was amazing, by the way. I mean, she didn't break easy school records at Ball State. We had some uh, phenomenal All Americans on our women's side there. So she uh, she went to a really good women's program and wreck shop. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So two years in T Town, you got all the sweet tea that you could handle. Uh, right. Where Where's next? Okay, so. I decided to go back to school, so I enrolled at Troy University. Well, I'm sorry. Let's make sure we say that school name again. 
Troy University. Troy University, the greatest university in the world. Uh, <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know me, that's my alma mater. And okay. that school meant so much to me. That's where I found, that's where, you know, coaching became a real profession for me. Uh, obviously, I got a degree there, which is big. I found my faith there. Uh, some of my best friends of my whole life are from there. That school means so much to me. I, I, I alluded earlier, I have a nine-year-old, a nine-year-old boy. Well, mm-hmm. nine-year-old uh, son's name is is Troy. That, so that tells you wow. how important that school is to me. So uh, wow. that's really the only reason I wanted to, to have you on the podcast, Mott, was just so we could say Troy's uh, <laughs> name. <laughs> so, so, you know, you go from I, I... little T-Town to big T-Town, Troy, Alabama. Tell me how great that was for you. <laughs> So, so, you know, word, you know, word had got out that, you know, Koji was, Koji was stepping down and, mm-hmm. you know, everyone was, you know, everyone was uh doing their due diligence to move on, which I will give the University of Alabama coach Mount Moore, God rest his soul, so much love because they say, you know what, let's give that track, let's give the track staff another year so they can get on their feet and so they so on and so forth. You know, we know you're retiring, but we don't want to end this abruptly. So salute to Mount mm-hmm. Moore. You know, salute to all those all those people that was at the University of Alabama. Um, Chip Bundridge, who is like a brother to me, who I met while I was at Iowa State. Good guy. Um, called me one day and said, yo, why don't you come down here and get your master's? I'm like, me in school, you know. Me so you you met him. He, I, he was at Drake. Yeah, met, so you yeah met, while he was at yeah. Drake, I was at Iowa State. Interesting. Right. And so we just mm-hmm. formed this connection. Just from the time we was there, and so he reached out to me. He was like, "Yo, won't you just come down here?" I, you know, you know, Jill is looking. For, Jill Lancaster, mm-hmm. we're looking. We're looking for uh, a GA to come in and help with the sprints. Now, anybody who doesn't know who Jill is, Jill was the women's head coach at the University of Oklahoma, and then she became the mm-hmm. head coach at Troy University. Um, she was one of I, I give her credit. She's one of the pioneers of the power and speed development stuff because I still have a lot of her workouts that I use to this day. Um, mm-hmm. um, she reached out to me. Um, said, "Hey, you know, I'd like for you to come down, work, you know, work under me. Let me give you, you know, let me give you some different insight on a couple of things, blah blah blah." And so we get there. So I get there in school, you know, starting to get my feet wet because I've been out of school for so long, you know, it's hard to get back into the rhythm of being mm-hmm. a student again. Oh, sure. Um, so we get there, you know, you know, Jill would have these early morning practices, which made sense when I sit back and think about <laughs> them super, you know what I'm talking about, them super early practices. Um, oh, yeah. Like 5 a.m., 4 a.m. practices. <laughs> um, but, you know, the mm-hmm. kid, all the kids showed up, they all responded. Um, And then, it's funny, like, not even halfway through the semester, I get a phone call, and this is where you can segue into my next stop. Mm-hmm. I get who called Charles Ryan. Oh yeah, golly, are you kidding? Me? Charles Ryan. Jeez. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the Troy stint, the Troy stint was was small, but I left an impact mm-hmm. on those kids that we all still talk to this day. Whether it's, whether it's awesome. social media. Whatever the case may be, you know, I'm proud of those young women. All those young women are mothers, professionals, wives, everything. So mm-hmm. the conversations I have with them is stuck with them. I am so proud of those young women and those young men that I've that that I had. 
down there, you know, I still talk to a lot of those kids, not to mention a lot of them joined my fraternity. So now we definitely mm. have more than just a coach athlete bond. We have a we have we have a tighter bond, you know. So, you know, I'm definitely um, And what 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 frat are you? I'm a Phi Beta Sigma. Phi Beta Sigma. Yeah, Phi Beta Sigma. Yeah. So uh-huh. so not even two months in, I get a phone call from Charles Ryan and says, uh-huh. he says, listen, I got a I got a position open here for you. He said, sir, you've been given his exact words were you've been giving your talent away for free for too long. It's time, it's time for you to get paid now. He said, bring yourself, bring yourself on out to uh out to California. And Go back so, to California. So he and I had he and I had a conversation. You know, and he, you know, Charles is very convincing. He's very good with his words. <laughs> and he said, he said, son, don't worry. You come out here, I will take care of you. Don't worry about it. And I ended up going out to San Francisco. And that's so there's a, yeah, I'm sorry. Go there's ahead. a pretty, there's a pretty famous song about going back to Cali. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh so you go to this is a really unique part because this is not a how should i say a traditional school uh in the sense of um my knowledge of what it uh, no one had heard about it things like that you go out to the academy of the arts right is that the name of it it's called let me let me correct y'all it's academy yeah. of art yep. university academy of arts yes okay now did they have a program before Charles was there? The okay, so Charles, when Charles got there, the athletic program itself was only, I believe, two to three years old. So okay, and you guys did some, I mean, really amazing things, right? Like kind of unheard of, yeah, very unheard, of very unheard of. And me and the Queen, yeah, the Queen's University coach was talking about that. Me and Jim. Vending camp. We was talking about that. Um, yeah. Um. So what happened was my first year there. I came out there October of 2011. So I had left Troy, and mm-hmm. went out to California. And my first year, 2000, it was 2011 spring 2012. We were still under probation. So yeah, that was year five. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So that was that was year five. Um. I believe year four. I'm sorry, either year four, or year five. I forgot how long did the probationary period supposed to be for the NCA before you become a full time member. Um, yeah, let's make sure we make sure we clear that. When you say probation, you're not talking about they did anything wrong. <laughs> they were a fledgling athletic program, so it, uh, they, it takes the the NCAA says, well, you're not allowed to go to nationals and such like that for so many years. You were in that probationary. So period. The, yeah, so the probationary period is where a new program we had to show that we were able to do compliance correctly. Manage the financial aspect stuff correctly, making sure that we was able to have the numbers, make sponsorships, you know, all that other stuff. So that was the so not not because you guys did anything bad. It was just the NCAA's administrative probation. Got it. Okay. Yes. And so, and so, um, we get there. Coach, um, Dr. Jamie, Dr. Jamie Williams, who who was the AD there, who was handpicked to start that start that entire program. Look Charles and myself in the face and said, listen, you know, I want y'all to go on a nationwide tour. I want y'all to get the program out there. Um, Charles did a miraculous job of selling his vision, selling his dream. And Dr. Jamie was like, okay, you all need to go out there and if y'all going to spend this money, make it worthwhile. We were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we were just letting everybody know 
what's about to come. Now, mind you, we redshirted most of our team, but they saw mm-hmm. little glimpses of certain people like, oh, wow, okay, they they coming along, this and the third, okay, but, you know, they no real threat. Then 2013 happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a great now, segue there. Now, and then now, yeah, now, now, <laughs> let me, let, now, let me be very, let me, let me be very particular with this. The, 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 the skyrocket elevation of that program not only does it start with Dr. Williams and Charles, but Vastai Thomas. When Vastai when mm, Va- when Vastai right. went to the Olympic trials and just missed making the Olympic team in her weakest event, she jumped twenty two ten, and she just missed making the Olympic team. Wow. That triggered everything. Now all of a sudden, we started getting emails and. Recruiting interest from people that we you would think would want to go to SC, Florida, so so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so Charles had his vision. Charles was like, "Listen, we're gonna win it. We don't have the quantity, but we have the quality. But y'all gonna have to be able to do multiple events." And now mm. you got Vaz scoring in the triple jump, winning the long jump, scoring in the sixty, scoring in the hurdles, winning the two hundred. You mm-hmm. got Brianna. Scoring in the triple jump, scoring in the hurdles, scoring in the four, scoring in the two, four by four. I mean, wow. we had so many different athletes that was that 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 was so talented that when we when when that final ranking came out by the USTF CCCA, when that came out, mm-hmm. when that came out, and we went to the meet rank number one, literally, <laughs> I kid you not, I the girls came in and I told the girls go back and go put the black uniforms on. And it was like, why? I said, no, mm. I'm going to strike fear in the hearts of the people right now. And I want y'all not to talk to anybody. <laughs> and so they kind of look at him, okay, coach is, going, coach is going into that place again. He's going crazy again. <laughs> okay. You know, he's getting riled up now. And Charles like, hey, you know, Lamont, chill. You know, I'm like, not But, you know, you know, out of respect, Lincoln, Missouri, Grand Valley, um, mm. Grand Canyon, yeah. you know, out of respect for them. I always felt that, you know, they were, you know, they're the standard. Them saying all those teams are the standard. And I didn't want to go in there full of mm-hmm. myself, feeling as if though that we were gonna that we were just gonna dominate the meet. And then after the right. women's hurdles, after we put four in the hurdles, I'm like, oh Jeez. my God. I say we may, we may pull this off. But here's the funny thing. The reason why we won that meet, it wasn't just because of Vash, Bree, Danisha, Kiki. Is because of Jenny. Jenny, Jenny is a 10K runner. She dropped to the mile. Mind you, she qualified in the mile. She qualified in two other disciplines. And there was a there was a toggle back and forth that Charles didn't want to get involved in. Okay, which event should she run? You know, Tori was oh, Tori also was overthinking stuff. He's like, you know what, we're gonna run the mile. We're gonna run the risk. We're gonna run the mile. And you know this as a, as a track aficionado. For a 10k person to drop down to the mile, that oh. that's difficult. The young lady ends up being yep. third place in the mile, and gets us the gets us wow. the gets us the necessary six points that we needed to where Vassai was able to seal the deal in the 200 comfortably. Vass won the 200. Meet was over. Meet was over, hmm. and you know there was a it was a lot of emotional um, time there. Um, it was a lot that we asked those kids to do because, like you said earlier, the school is not a traditional school. Some of these kids will have one class a day, but that class is for six hours. You know, oh wow. Um, you know, it's not 
the whole, okay, go home, do a homework, this and the third. No, everything was always project-based. So right, yeah. I, I, one of our athletes, Jessica Raymond, she was doing, she was in the master's program. And so her final project for her master's was to do a documentary. She was in film and production. So her, oh. her final master's project was to document from the day we started practice to the, to the day we came home from outdoor championships. And she got all the document. I mean, she, no, I mean, when she put it together, she did the editing and all that stuff. I mean, it took her like a month to get all that stuff done. When she got all the film, she got it done and she turned it in. And when I say I was so happy for that young woman, not just because she got second in the multis and she made the 100 meter final and she made the hurdle finals and, and, you know, she was on one of the fastest four by ones ever ran in Division Two history. It's because of what we was able to help her achieve while in the middle of competition. She would literally run, then grab her camera and film little intimate moments of us talking to the kids, us having conversations wow. amongst ourselves. The kids having, like, we would even take the camera and film some of the stuff, interactions that she would have with her teammates, from us traveling, from us being in the hotels, from us going to dinner, from just little things. And the way she did it, it was such a beautiful, well-put documentary that it, it, it made me look at that school so much different. And when you get a degree from out of there, and I know I'm selling that school, but that school's legendary to me. I can, I can <laughs> sell them. When you get a degree from that school, you're gonna get your your your, your degree is gonna go a long way. And so, how how many coaches uh, really are jealous that you would have a documentary covering the entire year of any year? I mean, a lot of years are specials, even if you are, you're third in conference and you win comp to go all the way and win the division two outdoor championships in a, that is really special on, on the women's side on the women's side and this has never been done in any sport um no team has ever won not just one but i mean not just what i'm saying let me let me rephrase that two mm-hmm. championships in their first year of eligibility no team no division no sports ever done in that grand canyon won the men's side the year before in the first year of of, of uh, membership NCAA membership mm. but the women have and the men in which we did it has never been done before and so and you you mentioned some of the teams you know winning sometimes we get caught up you know we you mentioned University of Alabama and you know I mentioned the greatest university in the world Troy <laughs> University we get caught up on division one and things right. like that but you you already mentioned some of the legendary teams and coaches that you guys had to beat from George Williams at St. Augs, from at Grand Valley, Adam State. Right. I mean, there are some amazing repeat champion teams in Division Two, and you guys were able to beat them all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and wow. and you know, you know, I will, I will, I will give credit where credit is due. And I'm not just saying this because now I'm at the helm at this institution. But when Coach Graham brought his girls, he brought five girls out to that NCAA championship from Johnson Smith. They were so they were setting records left and right. One, they set the four by one D2 record. Danielle beat Vasti in the 200 to set the D2 national record. Samantha yeah. Elliott set the then Division II 400 meter hurdle record. I mean, they were setting records left and wow. right with just five girls. And it took 
everything <laughs> in our power. I gathered the girls and I said, listen, I told y'all these girls was these girls was not coming to play. And I told them, I said, after the pen <laughs> relays, when I saw them run 45-01, I said, they're coming. I said, you got to be Ooh. careful. They're coming. But on the other side of the country here in Charlotte, they're looking at us wondering how they're going to beat us. We're wondering how we're going to hold them <laughs> off. And so, and, you know, uh, it, it was one of the best championships I've ever been a part of. And to watch Vashti and Danielle Williams hug each other because they were rivals from afar. <laughs> and after it was over, they hugged each other and they walked off. They walked off the track together arm in arm. It was that was my most cherishing moment of that entire championship because that's what competition is about. I love your attitude of take nothing for granted. I mean, you guys were stacked, point blank, period, end of story, you were stacked. And were the favorites mm-hmm. going in. And yet, instead of saying, yeah, all we got to do is just operate. We're, we'll be fine. We're, you know, we're going to win this. You almost came from an attitude of underdog, oh, yeah. <laughs> of like, hey, man. We, we, whatever you've done, it's not enough. You gotta, you gotta do more. We gotta get one more point out of you. One more point out of you. Your, your attitude of never taking it for granted, uh, is really, uh, refreshing. And, and in that I sense. have to give the credit to Charles. Cause I never forget the day, the day we, mm. we normally, after the championships, we gave the girls and the guys who qualified for national, we gave them the following week off, um, just to get their mm-hmm. bodies, get their minds together. So we on the bus on the way to, to practice and, they were talking about the meat and Charles before they got off the bus, Charles deaded the whole conversation. He said, that's it. That's irrelevant now. And, you know, he used a little hmm. bit more colorful language, but you know, he, he had to <laughs> let it be known. And I backed him up on it as well. And I told him, listen, you know, it's over. Now we have to start a new legacy. Cause right now, right, right now, mm-hmm. they just think you're a one wonder you know, indoors, this and the third, blah, blah, blah. So now, right. So, yeah. Lightning so strikes. Now, you right. know, yeah. we had mm-hmm. Brianna, you know, Brianna Stewart, who what never ran the 400 hurdles a day in her life. She ran 57, 78 over the 400 hurdles. You know, you know, you know, you know, we have we have Kiki Moody, who I found sitting in little Lincoln, Nebraska, who PR'd 14 times in one in one season. Um, Jeez. you know, then she decides she want to move to the 400 hurdles the following year and she makes the NCAA finals in the 400 hurdles. You know, <laughs> you know, it, 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 wow. you know, but that was just the energy. And then, you know, we had, let me not forget the men. We had Shaquille Howard. We had Jordan Edwards. You know, we had, you know, we had Jalen Hicks. We had Johnny Carter, who was a freshman national champion mm-hmm. in the indoor long jump and indoor triple jump. You know, we had, you know, you know, we had Eric Pedag. You know, we had so many kids. We had Ronald Spears. We had so many kids on that team that was so good. And, and it was hard for the guys to kind of get their shine. Because the women were so glaringly sure. better, you know, because of what they did and the men in which they did it, you know. But we forget that Jordan Everett Howard was a 46 33 quarter miler, you know, in the Hicks ran 10 15. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, people, you know, people tend to oh, forget that we had a lot of talent. Johnny jumped 25 6 and 54, 54 feet. That's not wow. including our South African kid that we had of the 55 wow. foot triple jumper that had to sit out the year, you know. <laughs> You know, so we had talent on that team now, you know, so, but that experience right there and, you know, going back to giving my praise where, where it's due, you know, Charles Ryan, contrary to what people think of him, is one of the greatest human beings ever have mm-hmm. in your life. He didn't have to do what he did for me. And he did. And I credit him for all the success that I've had and watching him work 
he taught me so much about the short hurdles that I now feel so much confident in coaching hurdles that huh. it, it, it's unbelievable. His 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 drive to be great, his his you know his 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 desire to always improve every day is something that you know I, I tend to look at and I tend I, I tend to kind of model my myself after you know now contrary to people think people think he and I don't like each other nah that's just our friendship because we go back and forth all the time <laughs> you know that, that, oh you know, okay we had some sessions in the office where we'd be in there yelling for about three hours at one another. And I mean, we're going back and forth, back and forth. And then afterwards, he'd be like, bro, you hungry? Like, yeah, man. All right, come on. Let's go get something to eat. And Lauren, Lauren Smith would be so annoyed with the both of us. She was looking at she like, I cannot stand y'all right now. I'm driving my own car. I'm not. Like, you know, but that's just the nature of our friendship. We were so passionate about winning that we were always trying, like, like, it wasn't that his idea was better than mine or my idea was better than his. It's just that we wanted mm. we wanted to do something that was going to be for the greater good for the girls and for the guys and for that program. You know, we wanted we wanted everybody to hold their head high to know that you know what we did a great job, we got the job done. You know, let's 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 catapult this into something else bigger. Wow, man! I tell you, you know, it is not, and you know this, it is not easy to win a national title. Uh, and some people think that the guys who have done it multiple times, you know, Robert and Pat and Carol and, and so many more people, mm-hmm. uh, Mouse, they think, oh, man, it's, easy. you know, look how many times they've done it. Every one of those <laughs> was extremely hard to do. So, uh, you know, there ain't that many people overall in the coaching profession who have been on a national championship staff, even though we, we crown more than mm-hmm. one every year. Uh, that's still a very, very special Absolutely. club to be in. Holy Absolutely, you can't, awesome. you can't take us out the record books, you know. And every time you go to the NCAA Never. website, that's you right. want to look at past champions. We're going to be in there, you know. Charles, Charles, that's Day right. Will be that's next, it, that's a head coach, you know, you know, and and you know so our awesome. le- our legacy will be forever, will forever be up there, you know. Forever, big. I I forgot how big that billboard picture was, but it's still up at Academy of Art, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with oh, the trophy. cool. So, you know, we're definitely blessed. That's awesome. So where did you go from Academy no, of Art to um, Johnson C. Smith? My next stop was Eastern okay. Michigan. And this and, and this is this is oh, gonna that's be right. the interesting yeah, that's right. part of the conversation that we're having. Because Oh, this is right. this is gonna be the interesting part. Okay, good. I I wondered when right. this was gonna start picking so, up. <laughs> so you know, you know, obviously let's let me address the glaring elephant in the room, you know. Things didn't work out there between me and Coach Parks. But let me preface my statement by saying this. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a woman driven to win. And that is contagious. Mm-hmm. That, is a, that, that is something that you want to rub off on you. Um, she's, very, she's very calculated, meticulous. Um, like all coaches, she has her quirks. But you know what, though? The woman has a gaggle worth of 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 of, of conference championships <laughs> cross country indoor mm-hmm. outdoor you know um you know because a lot of people just thought you know I went up there and you know I, I messed up on whatever the case may be and you know that's not the case you know I went up there you know and it just didn't work out you know it it, it just didn't work out mm-hmm. and you know I I 
I respect her as a, I respect her as a human being. I respect her as a person. I respect her as a head coach. Um, I respect her as a professional. Um, you know, I wish her and everyone the best of luck up there after, even after I left and, and, you know, I'll be, I'll be candid with you. Was I a little hurt? Yeah, I was a little hurt. I mean, who wouldn't be? You got to uproot your life again and move mm-hmm. someplace. But you know, while right. I was there, oh, I made it impactful. <laughs> I, I mm-hmm. made it impactful. Yeah, absolutely. I got to that con when I got to those conference meets and they saw these girls that wasn't making finals, making these finals. It was <laughs> like, uh, what in the world is going on right now? And I'm like, hey, man, I just, you know, I just took what um Zach Glavish left me. Um, shout out to Zach Glavish, who's yeah. at Tech Tech, you know, um, yeah. new father as well. Um, you know, congratulations to yeah, him. Yeah, that's um, right. I, I yeah. took what he left me, and I made the most of it. You know, a lot of coaches would probably look at it like it's a, it was, it was a, a, a hindrance, but nah. I'm like, here is an opportunity mm-hmm. for me to prove that I can coach because the, the there was a there was a notion that Charles did all the work or Coach Glance did all the work and this mm-hmm. and third, and they don't realize that I was coaching just as hard as they were, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. now there was no secondary sprint coach there. It was just me. And so did you, did you, and, and maybe even still to this day, do you have like um, a chip on your shoulder to prove absolutely. yourself to absolutely. others? Absolutely. Because, yeah. Okay. Because that that's my edge. Every year I have to, every year I have to find the edge, mm. every, you know, and it's my chip, you know, sometimes it can go left, but you know, I'm human. Um, you know, Amber has always mm-hmm. told me, you know, you don't have to have that chip on your shoulder to, to the point where <laughs> it, it, it's it's not productive, you know, and you know, me, right, it's not healthy, right. but it's you not know, healthy. I, you know, right. I want to prove, I want to prove a lot of people, right? I mean, I came behind the legend in Lennox Graham here at, at, at Johnson C. Smith, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the man coached Olympians, mm-hmm. he coached Olympic finalists, he's coached world champions, he's coached some of the, some of the best athletes that's ever come out of Jamaica. So, you know, he's a legend in Jamaica because he's the coach at Kingston College. He won, he won the top other coaches in, mm-hmm. he won the top mm-hmm. other coaches in the world. You know, he's doing a great job at Clemson. You know, he's humble. He's humble in his approach. Yeah. So, yeah, I, my, my chip is, okay, how do I, how do I be, huh. how do I become the, the, how do I become, you know, successful without that chip being too, Mm-hmm. swayed in the negative direction you know what i'm saying so um yeah yeah Ch- chip on your shoulder could be a negative right. or a positive uh and it's all about how you carry forth with that chip you, do you tear do you right. tear people down because of that chip in your shoulder or do you lift people up which uh, right. which honestly lifts you up uh with that chip in your shoulder yeah hey i want i want to go back yeah. to sue parks because uh, you know full disclosure i am in the sue okay. parks fraternity as well i was her uh, she was my head coach gotcha. when, uh, when i was at ball state and uh and i tell you she was the one i alluded to when i talked about Joe Franklin and the assistants that have come through his programs and where they've gone on, you know, Sue is like that as well. And you, you mentioned Zach and uh, yourself and now Chris Best and Iggy Augie and uh, myself and Kelly Lichen. I mean, th- uh, there's many, many, many more that uh, have gone through that have gone on again to the, I'm doing air quotes here, bigger, better programs. Um, and I would say the same thing, you know, uh, this is a, a good opportunity for me to maybe publicly state this, although I, I've told lots of, of uh, my coaching friends, you know, she I'm so thankful that a she took a chance on me. She hired me when I was a Juco coach 
Uh, you know, she had zero ill will when I left Ball State to take the Mississippi State job. In fact, she might have been, if I remember correctly, one of the first people to call me. She knew my whole, you mentioned the SEC and the, the, the pull and the lore of, of coaching in the SEC. And I grew up in Alabama, so my whole career was to get to the SEC. Right. So, and she knew that. And so she was one of the first people. I still remember her. She goes, I know you've been working on this your whole career. So congratulations. I mean, there was no, I left her in the middle of the summer. She now had to go find another coach for fall so she could focus on cross and zero ill will. She is a driven, tough, smart, really, tough. really good <laughs> coach. Go, she is tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go look. You mentioned the championships. Go look at mm-hmm. what she did at Ball State. Go look at what she has done since taking over at her alma mater at Eastern Michigan. Uh, Boy, I tell you what, I wouldn't want to compare my career right. to hers <laughs> for fear of, of it not looking anywhere near as good. She has done an amazing, amazing job. So, um, yeah, I, I give a huge shout out to, to Sue Parks, who is still, uh, still doing an amazing job putting together great teams, hiring great assistants uh, who go on and, to and, do and, bigger and, and better and things. I will, there, say so. this about, I will say this about Sue, and, that, and you just hit on. She will hire people. From lower divisions, you know, like, like, yep. like, honestly, contrary to what people may think, to make those kind of hires, you have to be comfortable in, in mm-hmm. the direction which your program is going and which which direction your program's in. You know, I mean, Great point. Dude, she took a flyer on a high school coach. She took a flyer on a, on multiple volunteers. She she's taking flyers on yep. JUCO coaches. She took flyers on D two coaches. She, you know, you know, you yep. know. That may be her greatest asset. You know, we talk about the kids that she's coached and, you know, she gets a bunch of, um, uh, you know, five minute plus milers and makes them four forty. kids. You know, she's amazing as a developer of athletes. Her actually, I've never said this out loud. I, I just, it just kind of hit me. Her actual real talent or one of her many talents might be identifying young uh, overlooked coaches and putting them in places right. to be successful. That that's a that was really right. and, poignant what you said. And, there. You know, yeah. you know, just 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 to be you know fully just fully disclosed. You know, um, with it when I sit back and I think about my time there, was it things I could have done differently? Absolutely, a- 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 absolutely. Of course, right. Man. And I take I take I take full accountability for some of the things I was fresh, I was new, and this and the third. You know, so I take accountability yep. for some of the things I did. But you know, you know, do you think? Do you think uh, I'm I'm speculating here? Uh, it really has nothing to do with Sue in this question, but you're coming off of winning a national title, doing something very very special. Do you, do you think? Um, did you come maybe with an air of attitude of like, hey man, I've 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 done this. I've I've won a national title. Did you have any of that with you at all, or you, were you able, able to keep, keep your humility? humility for for? And I'll give you three names: Jeff McCauley, Charles Ryan, and Mike Holloway. Oh, for, another one, another mm. one. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. Chris Huffins. They, mm, they, yeah. they, they all told me, and Mouse is really good with this. They said, boy, Mouse said, boy, leave that ego back in California. He said, you're hmm. going into a whole new territory now. And, and all of them know so, uh, mm-hmm. Rolando Green, oh, they all, they, you know, they all knew something. Yeah. Like, like, you know, Rolando, he's a sick boy. He's like, you know, his, his raspy voice, fret. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, <laughs> just, just play, just play, play it calm, play it cool, 
fret and you'll do just fine, brother. You know, just trust, put your faith in God and you do, you know, <laughs> you know how, you know how Lonnie is, man, you know, and, 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 and. Hey, if, if this coaching thing doesn't work out, you may have a, a, a profession in, um, uh, 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 uh what's the, doing impressions. Uh, that was a really good Lonnie, man. I love that. That's, 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 that. that's my guy, man. And, you know, and like I said, you know, awesome. you know, love you him. know, my time in Eastern Michigan, you know, it, it served, it served its purpose. It made me a better person. And, and like I said, the opportunity she gave me, I'll be forever grateful for that. So, yep. You know. So did you go from nope. there to Johnson C. Smith? <laughs> How many? Man, you listen, setting a I, record and, here, and, my and, man. And, and when we get to the conclusion, I'm going to tell you what Calvin Robinson told me at the uh, convention. Um, um, so okay. after that, I ended up at Virginia State University. Yeah, I'm with. Oh, know, that's I'm working right. Yeah, under, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. mm-hmm. I go to the national meet that was up in Grand Valley. I see Jason Lamont Jackson, and I said, "Hey, here's the situation's going on." He's like, "Look, man, I need a spring coach. Plus, don't you need to come home anyway?" My parents was going through some kind of illness. He's like, "My parents were going through, you know, some <laughs> oh. illness with the kids because my parents ain't young no more. So, you know, oh. and that's only sure. five and a half hours away from New York City. So, I'm like, you know what? This kind of can work mm-hmm. out. So, I got there." I got there and, you know, my first year there, you know, I spent a lot of time teaching the kids how to run hmm. and how to be young men and young women. Because I'm in a different element now. Like, look, you know, I know this may not be a popular statement to make, but I'll make it. There's a difference between the PWIs and the HBCUs. Okay. There's a big, there's a complete culture difference there. So, Everything that I've learned from being at the Iowa States and the Academy of Arts and the Eastern Michigans and New Mexico's and so on, I had to bring it there. And so, help me help me understand. I'm I'm very familiar with mm-hmm. HBCUs and uh, that culture right. and that history. Uh, you, you said that versus the, uh, PWI, PCI, yeah, yeah. PW, PWI. What, PWIs what is, that? is what they call like you know how they call historically black college. Heard historically black college, right? You know what I'm saying. Colleges and, and, and universities. The, uh-huh. the, the old, the old terminology was uh, PW predominantly white institutions. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, okay, on being I, I, South, I got okay. it from being at Alabama. One of the guys, one sure. of the older guys from Alabama, one of the uh, one of the boosters, one time said something to me about it, and I'm like, "You allowed to say that out loud?" He's like, mm. yeah. I'm like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." And so you know, so you know, it's right. not derogatory. This is what you know, what everyone kind of refers to. Sure. The, the, the major institution Got in comparison it. when you try to separate the HBCUs and so on and so forth. So, so you know, and when I say Got the culture gotcha. was different, okay. is that, okay, now you got to think that, you know, those schools, those other schools have monetary advance, advancements, like they have like advantages, excuse me, monetary advantages where they got money streaming in from different areas where the HBCUs is not as, is not as high. So, there's different things that we mm-hmm. had to do. There's different things we wasn't allowed to do because financially we wasn't able to afford it. And so, you know, I had mm. to, you know, a lot of them, they'll be envious with some of their high school teammates who probably went to Virginia Tech or they went to Arkansas. And, you know, and I had mm, to, the right. first thing I had to do was make them be comfortable where they're at. You know, and Jackson hmm. did a phenomenal job of keeping, those, of keeping those kids afloat, man. I'm talking about, man, him, Jernell Hayes, um, uh, uh, Samella, uh, you know, Samella, uh, Caroma, um, Rob Davis, you know, Tony Morton, you know, like they did, we all did one heck of a job of keeping those kids going in the right path. All my kids that I had the two years I was there, 
have got their master's programs. They're now husbands, about to be husbands, hmm. wives. That is that right there can it, it supplants anything that we achieved on the track. You know, you know, That's so awesome you know, there, yeah. but going back to the athletic side, you know, I taught them how to run and how to become students of the game. A lot of them, a lot of them didn't hmm. know track and field like. There's kids that like track, but they're not in love with track. When you're in love with track, you can rip off all sub 10 hundred meter sprinters who ever ran under 10 seconds. You know, you know but right, those right. kids, they weren't in love with track. I made them love track, mm. and they love track to the point where now they was at practice before I was. They was in the weight room getting everything yeah. done. We set a culture. We set a precedent. And so once we set that, once we set that, that bar, everything became easy. One that was probably one hmm. of my most most fun coaching experience ever, especially with the men's team, because they were so hell bent on beating everyone that they were locking. They they'll come to practice some days and wouldn't even talk to one another. That's how locked in they were, you know. Um, wow, from yeah. you know Avante Ferguson to to um, Lawrence Harris to to you know to Shaw Chambers. You know, to Begal Harrison, who Begal Harrison is the brother of Queen Harrison. Um, you know, so we've had so many, you know, we had so many young men and young women on that team from Shay to Michael, you know, to every to everyone to Paris. You know, we had a lot of talented kids on that team that we brought them to a point where they now love track and field. And that's when we started to break through. Mm-hmm. After my first year where we, the men's four by one, they took 14 to the meet. We were, I think we were 15th and I mm. took it hard. And I felt like I let them down and they was like, coach, you did everything you could. Don't worry. We're going to come back. We're going to make it. And lo and behold, they broke the school record. They made the NCAA championships. Oh yeah. Wow. And that was even my strongest team. My two fastest guys had the red shirt. <laughs> oh, that, wow. was, that was the scary part. Dang. You know, so, you know, it, it, it was my, my journey. My journey has been a whirlwind, you know, but a good whirlwind, you know, and, you know, Mm -hmm. my time at Virginia State, you know, unfortunately, it had to end because they went through budget cuts and I was part time. I was part time there. Mm. So they had the budget cut in, you know, my position was a position that had to go. So it it was, you know, it was stressful, but at the same time, God works in mysterious ways. The Virginia, the Virginia Union coach calls me and says, hey. I need you to call this woman. I said, who? I said, like, her name is Linda Bell. <laughs> I said, you know what time it is? He said, doesn't, he said, I was like, it's one o'clock. He said, it doesn't matter. Call her right now. And now we can segue into my, my other stuff. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's after this? Right, Who's so Linda Bell? Tell Linda Bell her. was the SWA, the number two ranked uh, AD at the University of Wisconsin oh. Parkside. So okay. anybody who know that area know that that's the campus where they hold the Foot Locker, the high school Foot Locker cross country. Yeah. Oh right. Beautiful yeah. course. That's yeah. one of the few times I went to cross country meets every weekend. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. You know, <laughs> I loved it. Now when we had to do workouts on them hills, the kids didn't love it. But but you know, right right. <laughs> I get so, so I called Linda. Linda's wide awake. And. Let, Linda, at 1, 1 a.m. Wide awake. Holy cow. And she said, don't worry about this. I'm going to get you on. She said, listen, if 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 coach said that you're good, you're going to be good. Boom, boom, boom. 
calls me. She mm. calls me. She calls me back a week later. I do the on-phone interview. Calls me back another week. Say, hey, we'll find you out here. I get I get offered the job on the spot. I said, wow. Okay, so I get the assistant position. Wow. Now, the way they had it set up, I was over all the track and field stuff. You know what I'm saying? So they brought mm. me in there. And um, so now I have a bunch of kids there who ragtag. Rag, ragtag bunch of kids. Mm. They like they they like track and field, but once again, they don't love track and field. Now, mind you, I'm up in Wisconsin. Right, it's cold. Yeah, yeah. Man, listen, like, how did you listen, adjust to that? It, it, I I hated outside of the kids outside the school. I hated the area because it was so cold. <laughs> now you okay, are a I, New Yorker, but you for everybody that's come on now to this podcast, let me explain something to you. There's a difference between New York cold. <laughs> And that Arctic oh, okay. vortex known as Wisconsin Midwest cold, okay? <laughs> That's a different level of cold. I mean, heat bill, heat bill was almost two hundred dollars a month, man. <laughs> it just can't, constantly, uh, constantly cranked. cranked. But you know, you know, we was blessed that we had an indoor facility, and so you know, I get there, I, I never get my interview, man. This young man named Matthew Fix, this is, he's like my son now. Funny thing is, he runs for me here now. Um, um, He oh, wow. stood up in the interview and said, my name is Matthew Fix and I saw your resume. You will get me to the NCAA championships. And wow. sat down and I looked at him and that was it. I looked at that him was and it. He, Point he, he looked at me and I'm like, oh, he's serious. I'm, oh, okay. I like that energy. So we get there, and a lot of those kids and a lot of coaches from the GLVC would tell you, especially my, especially my, my, my brothers from Lewis, from um University of Lewis. Yeah, Lewis University. I'm sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Flyers. Lewis, so yeah, the Flyers. Yep. I get there. These kids are now who were completely irrelevant the year before, and that's no disrespect to the previous coach. I'm just going off of the numbers. These kids are now making national championship. I mean, they qualifying for the wow. national meet. They on the T first list. We're coming in and we're scoring in sprinting events that we never scored in before. I had one. I had the coach from Indianapolis and the coach from the coach from Lewis come up to me and say, "Dude, you need to lead the conference." I said, well, "He said, how? He said, he said the Lewis coach looked at me. He said, "How the hell did you bring in those kind of guys at that minute?" I said, "Bring them in. They've been there." They was like, "What?" I said, "Yeah." They've been there. Oh, Allison Boss. Wow, Allison yeah. Boss is the PR in the 400 hurdles with 66 seconds. I got her to 61-60, and she just missed making the NCAA championships. Wow. Matthew Fix, his uh his PR at the time over the 39s was like 15-4. He ran 14-64 over the 42s and qualified for the NCAA championships. Qualified for Dang. the NCAA championships in the 400 hurdles. His PR was 57 point. I got him down to 52, 52-3. Um, <laughs> Rashad, you know, uh the young man Rashad, he um his PR in the outdoor two hundred was like twenty two oh one. His first outdoor two hundred, he ran twenty two twenty. Um uh my other my my other young sprinter, he never broke eleven two in the hundred. His first outdoor hundred, he ran eleven eighty two in twenty one seventy four. You know, and so wow. and that's just you know, that's just a few of them, you know. Um it was mm-hmm. difficult. Um, they thought I was crazy. They, they, they. Yeah. Yeah, I'm noticing that's a be, theme. Be, be, you by know, the way, you know, and, and, here, and here's the thing: I want everyone to understand. I'm very passionate about what I do because this sport saves my life. 
a lot of people don't know this. Right. And I don't share this, but I'm going to share this. With, I'll share this with you right now because, you know, you and I have known each other for a long time. I was shot. I've been shot. When I was in high school, I was someplace where we weren't mm. supposed to be. Um, wasn't doing nothing bad. I was mm-hmm. down there by Yankee Stadium, going to the new movie theater to open up down there. A uh, rift between two completely people, two completely different people that had nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. Something got into an argument. The guy pulled out a gun, let off three shots, hit the wall, hit a girl, hit me. And I didn't know I got shot to, mm. one, to one of my teammates told me, yo, you're bleeding. And, you know, so mm. I look at this. I look at what I do with a passionate eye. I, I, I mean, I am, I'm driven. I'm, I'm invested. Sometimes people say that I'm too emotionally invested, but that's all I know. Coach Glance was emotionally invested into me. Coach Lynn was emotionally invested into me. Mm-hmm. Coach Richardson, Coach Wagner, Joe, uh, you know, you know, even C- Coach Parks, like, mm-hmm. they were all emotionally invested, not only into the athlete, but into their staff as well. Because when you're head coach, you got to make sure that not only your team is okay, but got to make sure your coaching mm-hmm. staff is good. So, you know, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. And those Tuesday practices <laughs> and those Thursday practices, it's, I'm, I'm locked in because you and I both know we've been in track and field. If you, you know, have step your warm up, mm-hmm. something's going to go wrong. You know, if you're playing around on the relay four by one day, because we saw that it happened to Mike Rogers out out at out of the out of the world championships, you know, people were stepping away, people wasn't paying attention. He had to jam on the brakes, mm. he jammed his hip. You know, and so there's little things that when I need you locked in, I'm gonna be locked in. So I have to set the tone. You know, I tell my kids all the time, come in, focus, lock in. After you're done, get your phone, take your pictures, right. selfies, do whatever you want. I'm gonna probably be playing, I'm gonna probably be playing around too. But I need that. I need that sense of urgency because you and I both know if the kids aren't successful, the first thing they do, they right, blame right. the coaches, and I take away all those blame factors <laughs> instantly. I take though I take that away instantly. So I put I put the responsibility back in their hands by me coming in, showing that I'm locked in. I expect you to be locked in too. So that's it's how so that's how I am. How personal then, this sport and now this profession is for you. Uh, there's no way around having the emotions being involved in everything you do. I- I'm willing, you know, we haven't even talked about, you know, how you recruit necessarily, which isn't, you know, an on the track type thing. I- I'm willing to bet even as you recruit young men and young women around the country and, and maybe around the world, uh, the emotion comes out palpable during that process. They, all the recruits that I've ever recruited, they always say that they can feel mm. the love that I have. And one thing I, I'll tell you right now, I have, I have a young woman on my team right now. Her mother is going through a health mm. issue prior to, prior to everything that's going on. And I've been in contact with the mom ever mm. since. And the mom always said, if anything happened to me, coach, make sure you take care of my baby like you promised. I said, I've been taking care of her the minute you dropped her off here. You know, I take care. Like, I, I'm always going to be, I'm going to have tough love when need to, but I'm always going to love my kids. You know, you you can't expect these kids to give you your all. You're not going to give them the same in return. You know, that's why it bothers me when I hear coaches say, yeah. and Mark, we're, we're losing you here a little bit. Are, are you... Yeah, you're uh, oh. you're breaking up there a little bit. I want to make sure we're, we're here. Okay, you. sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Okay. That's right. Um, like I was saying before, you know, it, it bothers me when I hear coaches say that 
you know, you're not supposed to get emotionally invested in, in, in your kids. Well, track and field is probably one of the most intimate sports because it's not like football. It's not like Coach Saban who got 120 kids that he got to look. He can't, you know, can't be in, can't be on, you know, can't have a real relationship with everybody. Track and field, mm-hmm. you can't, even though we're the second biggest team on many, on many campuses, it's more right. intimate. So, you know, when I recruit, I let the parent, I let the parents be known. My job is to make sure that you are comfortable leaving your kid here. I am a reinforcement to the things that you taught them, and I am a beacon hmm. of I am a beacon of teaching different things to them while they're here. Because their their mess ups and their growth, where they're trying to figure out who they are, is going to be with me for the next four years. So I have to make hmm. sure that the parent understand that hey. When you send your kid to me, Coach Kenny, Coach Sidbury, Coach Tina, Coach Mo, when you send them to us, your kid is going to have that same parental loving environment that it needs. And, yes, mm-hmm. we're going to be hard on them. If your kid cannot understand that the world's going to be hard on you, then guess yeah, what? Right. This isn't a school for you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm very proud right. Not not sure there is a school for them if that's their right. and, attitude. You know, right. and, yeah. you know and, and a lot of parents can appreciate that. My – my job in recruiting is to mm-hmm. make sure the parent has no worries. That should be priority mm-hmm. number one when you're dealing with when when you're dealing with with with, with recruiting of, of a young man or a young woman. Steve Sylvie was recruiting me to Arkansas, and he called my parents' house. Now I was still in California, but the only number they had was my my parents' house because I didn't have no phone. You know that's life. You know Juco mm-hmm. life is rough. Oh, <laughs> no, average out there in the Juco life. Oh, so, yeah. You know, they was calling. He was calling, and he never asked once to speak to my parents. Now, Vince Anderson, who when he was at Tennessee, t- took the time to talk to my parents. Steve Lynn talked to my parents every week. My dad, who knows nothing about the recruiting process, said, "You know what? You called here four times and never once asked to speak to us. My son's not coming to your school." And to this mm. very day, Steve Sylvie still talks about that to the day. He may not. I mean, yeah. let me. Let, he talked to me about it when I saw him last. He kind of, I kind of, kind of remind him because you know he's had so many recruits, right? But yeah, you know, right. But exactly. that, that was yeah. that was that was the situation. And from that day forward, hmm. I will. I always made sure that I speak to the parents. And some of the parents don't hmm. understand because they think track and field is like football. We got eighty six scholarships, and you're like, uh, no, <laughs> right? You know, if and only. sometimes you got to be. <laughs> got to be brutally honest like you know we don't give out full rides if i give out full rides i wouldn't be able to put a roster together got to spread the money out and you know some you know some parents think their kids need more and i'm like you know you try to tell them listen this was going to be yada 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 we try to put together the best package as possible and a lot of parents do understand that you know once you break it down to them oh okay that's how it works oh i thought it was like football where y'all just had unlimited scholarship nah (laughs) football has unlimited scholarship they pay the bills (laughs) It always cracks me up when you read an article about a local kid, uh, you know, for a football kid, and it says, you know, signed a, a full scholarship to XYZ University. I want to be like, yeah, 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 they're all full scholarships. Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, don't think like other kids signed halves right. or anything. This kid was so good, he signed a full. They're all full rides. If only. Every track coach right now is like, yes, if only we could have. <laughs> we don't need 86, man. Just give us. 34 rides and know you want to I know you want to touch on how I got to Johnson C. Smith, but I want to touch on I want to yes. touch on what you just said. You know, okay. this is just an unpopular opinion, 
And I got this from another coach. I'm going to keep his name off because I don't know if you want anybody to know about it. So I'm going to keep his name anonymous. Uh-huh. Um, a part of me feel that with the whole Title IX thing, that's what kind of impacts a lot of the scholarship allotments. I think men's and women's basketball and football should be removed from the equation. And all the Olympic huh. sports should have uh, certain scholarship amounts increased. Like, like, like I give uh-huh. a prime example. Let's think about this for a second. Over the last four years, the women's NCAA championship has been the most exciting meet of the entire That's championship. Amazing. Why? Because the championships always came down to what? The four by four. All right. Uh-huh. Now, those 18 scholarships don't sound like a lot, but in the grand scheme of things of bringing more people and bringing more, more viewership to track and field, those 18 scholarships are going to put butts in the seat because they know the meet's not going to be over. By the time the hundred start, like the men's championship, men's championship mm-hmm. after the hundred right. is uh Texas Tech already won the national championship. So it's mm-hmm. so so now mm-hmm. so now the men's championships become a dud, and now you're waiting for the mm. women's championship because that's where all the excitement is. So think th- mm. think about how legendary that young girl from USC became. She won it. She won the SB. <laughs> I mean, just everybody who wasn't even mm-hmm. in track and field, whether it was Kevin Durant, LeBron James, all these popular big time athletes was retweeting her run and using as inspiration yep. and using everything as motivation, like no ever, you know, you know, never give up, never stop, and this and the third. And like like right. that was such an inspirational moment. That was such a great time for track and field. And so when and so when you see that, okay, instead of trying to put your own your your own reason as to why you wanted to move in a different direction, how about you fix the little stuff from the ground up? How about we find a way how we can increase the men's scholarships, increase the women's scholarships, so mm-hmm. now these championships can become more exciting. The men's championships not over after the hundred meter after one ten hurdles. You know, it, it, it's mm-hmm. it's going into the final championship. I mean, the last time we seen a four by four decide a championship was what oh nine when it was that five way tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm saying, I think something like right. that. So I mean, I mean, I think mm-hmm. if we can have that kind of that kind of increase in scholarship allotment going to, I think it will make the championship meet so much better. It have bigger viewership, and now you can start putting more butts into the seat. Now it can rotate from Oregon and go to Austin. Mm-hmm. It can go to A and T. It can go somewhere down to Southern Cal. Mm-hmm. It can go to Drake, and now you have more butts more butts in the seat, you can develop and you spin it and you can spin it from there. Now you can start adding little stuff to it and so on so to make the product better. That's just my opinion on the matter. So what do you say about the people? So you talked about moving it to different places and you mentioned some great uh, places and there's some great facilities out there. Uh, and, you know, they continue to come online. You know, A&M just has uh, just put an amazing facility in as well. Um so about moving it around around the country, what do you say to the counter argument that uses the College World Series in Omaha as the example where, it, you know, the, the finals for baseball for college is always there. It's so people can plan on it. People who are not even um, uh, related to a team still show up because it's, it's, you know, top tier baseball. Uh, people have that argument to having it at Oregon all the time as well. What what do you um, say about I, that? I, I... <sighs> I'm on the fence with it being in one location because I came up in an era where the NCAA championship moved every year. And I look at it right. for a, an experience for that for the student athlete. Okay, 
you ran in Oregon, you mm-hmm. ran in Texas, you ran in North Carolina, you ran in California, then back up. You know, so but the uh-huh. issue, that, but but the kind of argument that everyone would have with that, okay, well, Oregon put butts in the seat, and with that new cathedral that they just built, okay, new cathedral, with, yeah, with with, 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 with that, <laughs> that 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 Taj Mahal of, like, if, if everyone's gonna want it to be there now, if they fill out that stadium every year, then okay, I'm cool with it being in Oregon. Uh-huh. My only issue with Oregon, there's no place to stay. Okay, you know, that's you know, if they're gonna build more lodging, then it's cool. But going back to what you're saying, uh-huh. um, uh, the, you know, if we can get the crowd to buy in to 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 being supportive to track and field, and someone can show that, like, nobody wants to go to a venue and the venue's empty, you know, nobody, yeah. wants, the kids don't deserve that. So, you know, I know I'm kind of, I know I'm kind of. You know, riding the fence here, you know, because I was one of the people that's like, yeah, I need to move around. But then when I speak and think about it and I look at the championships, okay, Austin had a decent crowd, okay? But think about this for a second. Imagine that meet was in Oregon. And so I'm saying going back and forth, and I've been to Oregon for an NCAA championship, so I know the energy that comes out of that place. So I, I, I don't mind it staying in Oregon until other places like for example Pat Henry I know Pat Henry is going to do everything in his power to get that meat brought to College Station I know he is mm-hmm. and he is going to put butts in the seats he's going to do it and once mm-hmm. somebody can consistently do that now we can rotate Oregon two years and yeah. the next year now we got to get another venue that's going to do that okay who's going to do that can Des Moines mm-hmm. can Des Moines do it well not so much because everybody go to the high school state championships Everyone go to Drake, right. but don't nobody come to the NCAA meet. Hell, nobody even came to the U.S. championship. There was an echo in there. So, you know, if you're not coming for our national team selection process, you know, right. there, then why would you go there and put the kids in a position where they, they're they going to feel like nobody cares about them? So, yeah, I, I think I think keeping it in Oregon to other venues can prove that they could put butts in the seats. You know, um, I, I'd be, you know, I, I'm, I'm cool with that either way. You know, Division Two, you know, yeah. Division Two, we put butts in the seats everywhere we go. You know, and we rotate between yeah. here when they, when we hosted it here uh, last uh, two years ago, um, Kingsville, mm-hmm. um, Grand Valley always got a great, always have great people there. You know, and especially mm-hmm. when it's gonna, I think it's going out to California after the Grand Valley cycle. I think it's gonna be at Mount Sac. Mm-hmm. That's that's the rumor that I'm hearing right now. Um, Azusa Pacific is mm. going to be the host school. You know, there's going to there, there, mm. be bodies out there. A lot of people want me to host it, and people don't understand how much work it is to host a national championship. Oh, yeah. Well, and and, and don't start going there because I definitely want to talk okay. about that uh, uh, is what you do there as a head coach, but also as the person who puts on right. these meets. It's an amazing thing. I, I will say, back up just a second, when you're talking about, you know, whether it's a – uh, a, a full-time site like an Oregon and whatnot, or whether it rotates. I think the one thing that everybody can agree with is what do we need to do to get people in the stands? What, what kind of, how do we attract casual fans to this great sport? And I'm not sure it's always location is the, the answer there. I don't know what the answer, if I had the answer, I'd be maybe a, a a millionaire or maybe <laughs> in track and field. But um, I think that's the one point that everybody can agree with is that's, that's what we need in this sport to uh, continue to prop it up is how do we make it accessible to the average person? Uh, um, I, I, w- I will tell you this in, and I'm, I'm just going off. I'm just going off of what has been said. This is not, this is, mm-hmm. this is not my thoughts, but this is what I, I've heard from random people. 
they want the meat to be shorter. You know, we live in a mm. country where the attention span is very short. And, mm. you know, let's be let's be fair. I mean, basketball, fast pace for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, football, fast pace. Um, let's be honest. Everyone wants to see what's the one thing everybody has in common that they like. They want to see speed. Everything's going at fast mm-hmm. pace. So how do we make the meets better? We got to do, we have to do things to where we are highlighting our our greater our greater events, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't want to take the 10k out because the 10k. Listen, people don't understand how hard it is to train for that event. Okay, I don't want the 10k to be removed. Mm-hmm. I don't want the steeplechase to be removed. Um, I think everything comes back around in circles. So you know, back in the 70s, I remember Coach Glance telling me, "Man, the Alabama LSU do meet had 70,000 people in the in the stands." You know, USC, USC, S, USC, UCLA used to have 50,000, 60,000 people in the stands. You know, um, how do we get it to go back there? We have to find a way to keep everyone's attention span and keep keep them keep them locked in and keep them interested in the sport. Um, we, you know, you know, we got to mm-hmm. we we got to get on. We have to get commercials now. You know, college football got commercials. College basketball got commercials. I think if you start programming people and they start seeing things. You know, now all of a sudden, oh, okay, now I'm starting to get an interest in it because now the brain is starting to say, okay, I'm seeing this now. I'm curious about this. Let me go check it out. So we have to do more than just doing things online. We got to, we have to have people invest into putting mm. our product out there more in, in, in a more visual aspect than what we're doing now. So we got to be on commercials. We got to be, ESPN has to say, hey, the ACC championships on the ACC network or ESPN got to say, hey, you know, the SEC championship, the you know the, the fastest conference, the fastest conference world. Come see the greatest athletes, the future Olympians, SEC championships, games for blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah. They have to do that, you know. So, yeah, it's interesting that track and field on the high school side, when you add the boys and girls together, is always the number one participation sport over football and basketball, etc. In college, when you add the men and women athletes together. Number one, it seems like in the, you know, those people go on to become general population. Right. You know, like you mentioned before, a lot of your athletes, moms and dads and professionals and things, you know, so our our population base overall in uh, just in the U.S. that we're talking about here is seated with a lot of people who participated in the sport. How do we reignite that flame so that they go to their local high school meet, college meet? USA meet, etc. So, hey, we could probably do a couple hours just on that. So let's. I, I really want to get. I'm. Uh, uh, is Parkside to Johnson C. Smith, or do we have another stop? No, it's Parkside to Johnson C. Smith, and oh, and well, I'm I, gonna lose you. Nope. And I and I would tell you. Um, so we all started hearing rumors that Coach Graham was leaving. Okay, he's leaving. Where's he going? Rumors started coming out that he's going to Clemson. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. You know, okay, cool. You know, whatever the case may be, no one really looked at it. Then, you know, Linda Bell, who is not one of my dearest people, but, you know, Monty, still- I-, I love her to death. All right, so technical difficulties by me. We're going to pick right up there. So I really uh, continue on. Do, do, is this, are we talking Parkside? to Johnson C. Smith, or do we have another stop in there? No, we have Parkside to Johnson C. Smith. Okay, we're there. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad ways. I mean, that's, that's we're, we're there. That's awesome. So did you go there as the head coach, or did you go there as the assistant coach first? To Parkside? Uh, to uh, Johnson C. Smith. 
Oh no, head coach. Uh yeah, I went straight there. Wow. Yeah, I was I I was and I got to put this out there. I was recommended by three athletic directors. Wow. So, you know, people who think I'll be, you know, out here, you know, <laughs> cutting up. Nah, mm-hmm. I go I go to work, I do my job. I I mm-hmm. I am hurt. I am seen and not heard. Um and I'm very blessed that Peggy Davis, uh Linda Bell, um uh, my other my other athletic director. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm drawing the blank right now. Mm-hmm. I apologize for that. But I was recommended by three athletic directors awesome. to be to become the head coach here. And the process took the process took a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I flew out. Like I got word about it. I got contacted. I was told to apply by Natasha Wilson, um, <laughs> who I miss dearly. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> you know. I was told to apply. I applied. I got the word. I got flown out in December. So, like I said, the process was a long process because they uh-huh. through all the stuff, whatever the case may be. I got, I got the interview. I came back and I was at the convention, and uh-huh. I forget which which convention was then. Uh, I forgot which convention we was, but uh-huh. Ram was standing right next to me when I got the phone call that I was hired. Uh-huh. And Coach Graham looked at me. He shook my hand. He said, "Go out there and create your own path." Don't. Oh, that's awesome. He said, "Don't worry about what I did. You create your own." Yeah, big shoes to fill. <laughs> right, right, very big shoes to fill. So, um, you know, I got out here. My first day was Valentine's Day in February. You know, they had to get the contract. They had to get the contract stuff set up. We had to get stuff uh, put together, and uh, starting February twenty eighteen, and that's how I got here. So how many seasons are, are you at this year? What what year would this have been? This would this would be let's see, I came the end of indoor, so championships already over. So I always say two calendar years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been, okay. yeah, two yeah. two calendar years. Boy, it seems longer. Not to be real honest. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just I I've now put you as the you know, as the head coach of Johnson C. Smith. I feel like you've been there three or four years to be to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, February twenty eighteen. Wow. Man, so you're the head coach there at a great school and a great facility. Uh, and because of that, you now host, uh, you're now in, I assume you're in charge. You don't have someone separate who's in charge of meets. You, you're, you have to put on and help put on these, uh, the regional meet that we did there a year, I guess a year ago, two years ago. Um, other meet, you, you know, we talked about a USA championship uh, meet going there. How, how do you handle a he- being a head coach and all the things that it entails as l- along with being like a, a meat director. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let, let me, let me, let me go on until even, you know, coach Lynn, even though he's not with us in the physical form, he's with us in spirit. Let me mm-hmm. go on until every head coach that I've ever ran for ever worked for that. I am sorry. <laughs> that I have busted your chops. Okay. I understand now. <laughs> okay. I get it. Um, I little I, different than being the assistant. <laughs> I, I, I will tell. I will tell you this right now. I have a. I have a great appreciation to be of being an assistant coach. Hmm. Um, because there's things now that I can't do that I was able to do as an assistant coach. Hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you're not going to be at practice, and you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to do the things that you would want to do as an assistant coach. Like, for example, like when you get a budget put in front of you, you know, as an assistant coach, you can sit there like, man, coach, we just need to go to this meet this and the third. Now I have mm-hmm. to sit there and be like, no, we can't because 
the budget. Let me tell you something Coach Glance told me. Coach Glance gave me three advice. He gave me three words of advice. He said, he said, don't you mess with any of those girls on the team. He said, keep your personal business personal. Don't mess with any, any female in this faculty. And he said, son, don't you dare mess up the budget because you will get fired quick. <laughs> and so I'm, I, I am on my budget at huh. least five times a day, double checking, triple checking. To the point where it spills into practice, where I'm late, mm. I'm, I'm late going downstairs because I want to make sure everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, go, you know, so there's a lot more responsibility now. You're not only responsible for a team; you're responsible for your assistant coaches. Yeah, so you're now, like a now as a head coach, uh, and the real successful ones really embody this. You're like a CEO. You're running a business. I am uh, running a business. You've got a budget, so you've got what your hotels are going to cost your your vehicle travel any air travel you've got an equipment budget you've got staff budget your shoes what bags you're going to get uniforms on top of that you started alluding into this the personnel side you have assistant coaches and hiring and evaluations you you are running a company right and let and let me tell you right now for all those who are becoming head coaches or who just now being you know going in their first stint of being a head coach I'm going to give you one word, delegate. Mm. You have to spread out responsibility to everyone's strengths. Okay, like, for example, anybody who knows me know I've always did the equipment stuff. No matter where I'm mm-hmm. working, as a volunteer, assistant coach, mm-hmm. even now, I do the equipment. I do the gear because I like my team to look good. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm just arrogant like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like my team to look good. I like especially my women's team. Charles told me one thing. He said, keep the women happy the men will be okay. Okay. And so that's what, that's what I've always lived over. So we make sure that I do the equipment. I do the shoes. I do the travel. I do the meets. I do the hotels. I do the buses. I do the money. I do the, the, the travel vouchers. I do all that stuff. Hmm. Kenny, coach Kenny Anderson, he does the high school grind in the recruiting of, of, mm. again, he does that. Sidbury does that. And he's the head of the fundraising opportunities. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So he's the one that will find the fundraiser. He'll bring it to me. I'll look it over. I'll go over it. I'll make contact with the people, and then we go for it. That's how we. That's how we fundraised twenty five thousand uh this past fall. You know, hmm. to be able to do what we need to do. You know, for for the season. So um, you know, so everyone has their everyone has their strengths. You know, Kenny, Coach Kenny is one of the most impressionable people out there. He can he can walk to a room, light up a room, and everyone just start falling for him. Like that's it. <laughs> That's his strengths. You know, him and Coach Sid, as you can tell, if you follow them, they are the dancing coaches. They make these videos. They go to different places. They're dancing. They're doing these little dance videos and stuff like that. But guess, <laughs> but, but guess what? That opened up a whole can of, of, of opportunity that we didn't have before. You know, because, hmm. you, know, you know, Coach Graham, you know, he had the way he recruited. And it worked for him. And believe mm-hmm. me, I am envious of how he did his stuff hmm. but we have our own lane and so we did our we do our own thing and what we do is we be we make the kids feel like okay we're one of them we're not mm. a coach where okay they feel like they can't really talk you know or be themselves mm-hmm. with us you know and some of the kids sometimes feel like it because i'm the i'm the dad so sometimes they feel that like they can't come to me sometimes because they think i'm gonna get mad at them yeah if mm-hmm. you did something stupid yeah i'm gonna be upset but you know, it's gonna be a teaching moment. But um, but that's how but that's how we do things. You know, we're very, we're very um 
you know, I let my staff be very open on 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 social media. Mm-hmm. They have to be. Say let I say yo, let the world in. Let them see who mm-hmm. we are. Let them see what we do. Blooper, blooper reels, this and the third, whatever case it <laughs> be. Put up, put up pictures, this and the third. Like when we post pictures of our kids and hard workouts, we're not doing that to humiliate them. You know, we're doing that to to show that yo, you know, we're having a good time. Most of the time, they're right. laughing. You know, they having a good old time. They know, they know about my famous Hall of Pain. You know, we we yeah. you know we talk about that. But a lot of the kids who see that on Twitter, Instagram, they come to it. They're like, oh, huh. y'all are so y'all are so down to earth and y'all are so cool and this and third. I'm like, yeah, you know. But then when we get on the phone, I tell them, hey, this is how it is, and they can mm-hmm. accept it because they know where the line is, you know. Because they see the authentic right. you and program, not this polished. Everything's perfect, and that was definitely right. air quotes there, right? Because nothing's right. ever perfect. So they're attracted to that authenticity that you guys right. show. Hmm. Exactly. Now, as to going now going to being a meat director. You know, it's 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 different. You know, my first mm. year running running the actual meet was the the in the JCSU invite. You know, mm. and you know I had my you know bumps you know bumps in the road, but Natasha Wilson and you know who was my SWA, the woman who hired me. You know, mm-hmm. she helped me a great deal of making sure that the meet went on smoothly. Coach, what do you need? Coach, what do you need? I need mm-hmm. this. I need that. Okay, coach, we'll get this taken care of. The fo- let me tell you something about let me tell you something about these schools like 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 these HBCU schools. When I say everybody is involved, I'm talking about football, basketball. Mm. They work in the meets. Coach, what do you need? Hey, I need some hurdles to be moved. All right, coach, we got you, coach. They move mm. the hurdles. They put. They know the hurdle marks. We don't have to tell them. Hey, <laughs> hey the hurdle marks is right there. This is where you got to put it right there. They're <laughs> they 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 getting, they they receiving implements. They were they're doing the picks. awesome. You know they they're moving the starting blocks like. Coach, what you got for you? Coach, you hey, hey, you need us to throw, man? You need us to do? Nah, man, just let's get, let's get the input. All right, just let us know. You know, so the wow. women's basketball coach, uh, Coach Joyner Jr., he always got his girls out here. You know, Coach Joyner, who's the AD, he has his guys hmm. out here. You know, and so it's always a, it's, it's a collaborative team mm-hmm. effort. And that's the one thing I love about, about putting on the media. I don't ever have to worry. Now, the NCAA championships? <laughs> that's a different level of stress. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I envy I envy Robert. Cause I know Robert has an NCAA cabinet who does all the stuff for him. He don't have to do but show up to the meetings. Mm-hmm. I had to do we had to do everything. I'm talking about moving mm. um what what's the name? The the the, the short blonde from your company. Mm. Uh, my my teammate, Kim Matusa. Kim. Yep. That is the strongest little person I ever seen in my life. <laughs> I have so much respect for her. Her and the guy that traveled she is with her. Awesome. She is the absolute best. She <laughs> she moved the povo pit across the track. Oh, she yeah. helped us move the high jump pit. She was getting the hurdles off the truck. You know, the hurdles was wrapped on the pallet. She, mm-hmm. I mean, that woman is awesome. She won the best. She's one of the best people in the world. I love her. I agree. And I, I was upset that I didn't get a chance to see her at this NCAA championships, but I, yeah. I, 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 I love her, man. She's one of the best. No, she is awesome. She was a distance runner for IPUI, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Indiana Purdue, uh, not PUI, sorry, uh, IPFW. She's going to, I'm going to be in trouble now since I said IPUI. Uh, IPFW, um, Indiana Purdue, Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, was a 5K kid. And uh, when I interviewed her, I'll tell you, you'll, you'll appreciate this story because you know her when, uh, so she was a distance runner, mm-hmm. right? 
And so when we did our interviews for her group, we ended up hiring her and another uh, young man named Nate Logan, who was Judd Logan's son. Wow. <laughs> so I got two rock stars right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But they had to produce a video selling one of our products, but they couldn't choose a product. Or, no, no, I didn't put that governor on there. I said, just sell me a product that you know is in our catalog. And the reason, one of the many reasons that I hired her, she's a distance runner. So I expected um, a steeplechase or a bib number or something, you know, she sends in a video of her selling our red di- a discus. Mm. And so I asked her, I was like, hey, so Kim, you know, pretty bold. Cho-. And she did a phenomenal job, by the way. You would never have known that she was not a thrower. And I saw so on the on the interview after I said, uh, so why, you know, bold move. Why did you pick a a discus and she's like well i wanted you to show i wanted to show you you know a my versatility and b that i'm willing to learn and so i I was like well did you like did you throw discus in middle school or something she goes no i had no clue uh a discus and rim weight and all that she goes so i went out and did my research i asked our throws coach to teach me and and then i got up and did it i tell you it it was automatic i was like yeah okay we're hiring her wow (laughs) she could be that versatile and forward thinking and outside the box man she is gonna do wonders for our customers and she has she is now in charge of our marketing department and uh i'm so thankful to call her teammates so i'm so happy to hear that your accolades for her because she deserves it more absolutely and you know going back to going going back to the uh to to, you know the nuances of running a meet of that Mm -hmm, caliber mm -hmm. Um, a lot of paperwork, a lot of attention, mm. a lot of attention to detail, a lot of phone calls, a lot of in-person meetings with the NCA, um, a lot of meetings with city council, a lot of meetings with mm. that. I I would credit Miss Wilson, Natasha Wilson, for she took care of a lot of that before I got here. I took care of like a lot of the track logistics stuff, like mm-hmm. you know, like what needs to be done. Okay, so I got the people to clean the track. I got the people to clean out the trucks. right. I got we, you know, me and Mike Watts, um, Michael Watts, we was out there with the track cleaning people up until like mm-hmm. twelve, one o'clock in the morning. Um wow. helping like like it's it's at the end of the day, we know what that we're lending the NCAA our facility, but you and I both mm-hmm. know in our profession, if this meet went wrong, it's not the NCA had a bad meet, Lamont put on a bad meet. Yep. And so I was very hell-bent on making sure when everybody left Charlotte, they left happy. And hmm. I, like, I didn't I didn't get a chance to coach it. I had two, I had two 400 hurdlers, yeah. I had two 400 hurdlers and a javelin thrower in, in the meet. And I was moving the blocks, moving the lane markers, mm-hmm. putting hurdles out. I was actually working the meet, and Jerry Baltus was like, Lamont, what are you doing? I said, I have to, I'm working the meet. He was like, You're better than me because I will never work at NCAA championship. I, <laughs> I, I said, Jerry, it's, big, it, it, it's, it's bigger than what you know. And he looked at me, he yeah. said, I know. He said, You ain't got to tell me. I know why you're doing it. <laughs> and he, underst- he understood, you know, just, just, just the attention to detail. You know, they called yeah. you about, okay, what's the preferred lanes? Um, uh, where is where, where the 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 mm-hmm. be at? So we had to do the the banquet venue. We had to get the food. We had to make sure that we had the proper, you know, making sure that we had all the trophies mm. and the all American. We, we had to put all that stuff together. We had to make sure that everything was in order. We had to make sure that we had the proper podium. We had to make sure we had proper tent, proper tents. We had to make sure we had proper medical 
medicals. It was so much stuff that they had to run. So my assistants at the time that was here, I said, y'all handle that stuff. Let me deal with all this other stuff. And like I said, I'm very, I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had. I could put that on my resume. And the end result was people want mm, me to host That's the again. greatest compliment so you can get I, I, as a meet director. I, 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 and not right, and not just people that I know. I'm talking about people who I'm mm-hmm. just talking to. Like, hey, man, you want to meet in Charlotte again? I'm to my AD, and you know, if he mm-hmm. wants to do it, then we'll do it. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, I think you, I think you need to go ahead and do that." The bid state wanted to host it after Grand Valley. Um, if they do that, a lot of people like the, the, the convenience of Charlotte because the airport is close. Yeah, it's downtown, all the they driving within close distance. You know, it was the most convenient championships for everybody. And so, you know, a lot of people yeah. want, to, want us to host the meet again, and I'm, I'm going to plan on doing it. So I, I, I guess I, I did well, a good job of, of trying to manage the chaos. You know, I tell my kids, be able to navigate through the midst of chaos. And mm-hmm. we navigated through it. We got it done. And we've gotten nothing but rave reviews about the championships. Well, I'll tell you, if, if we had a vote, we would vote for you as well. Uh, you know, as the equipment provider for the NCAA meets, flying out of Champaign, Charlotte is one of our three direct routes we have out of Champaign. So as far as uh, getting there and ease and everything, we couldn't be more pleased. It certainly is uh, easy to get there. And it's beautiful when you get there as well. That's the, the cherry on top. Absolutely. Well, Mont, man. We got to, we could go on. We did this two hours. Wow. We could go on for two more hours. <laughs> and I tell you what, it, it doesn't seem like two hours, man. I tell you, this has been an absolute blast for me. Uh, and what I really just want to, to end this, I want to just encourage you, your uh, attention to detail and never taking anything for granted is a real calling card of yours. Uh, everything from the championship preparation at the Academy of Art to the way you had to handle the NCAA meet that you hosted while also trying to coach. And, uh, and for you, I know you, you wanted to enjoy the meet as well because you're such a track head. Right. right. So, so, so awesome. Um, but man, I tell you what, you, uh, you've got such a long career ahead of you. It's going to be super interesting to see how you continue to take all the things and all the people that have poured into you uh, and, and the institutions that have poured into you and, and vice versa, by the way, you have imprinted on those coaches and those schools as well. It's going to be so awesome to see what the next 10, 20, 30 years is going to bring for you and your track and field success. Absolutely, man. I definitely appreciate those words, man. You know, if anybody I can help um, influence or if they think about giving up, man, just, you know, they can always come to this podcast. They can always call me. I'm always up for a conversation. I've been through a lot. And I persevered through through things that a lot of people would have probably tapped out mm-hmm. on. But every time I think about quitting, you know, if those thoughts ever came to my mind, I think about those that I can impact, like the student athletes that I worked with or trained with or the ones that are on, the ones that I'm in directly involved with. You know, you never know who you mm-hmm. can motivate who you can help. And I want people to take my story and understand that giving up can never be an option. Mm. You know, giving your all is the only option that you should have. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely honored. I'm definitely blessed, Mike, man. I definitely appreciate you reaching out to me, 
and um, me reaching out to you as well. And we're able to get this story, you know, locked in and, you know, people could come and listen to my story. And if, if I inspire one person, man, that's one person more that that that's going to have a, a, a good life. Well, that is your life in a nutshell right there. I think you uh, have done a macro level good job with a lot of people, but I think you do a really good job of focusing on one person at a time there. Uh, so, Mont, again, so thankful, so humbled that you would allow us to uh, explore your story and share your story. And I just know that people out there are going to just uh, really receive a ton of value from your experiences and uh, in your words of knowledge uh, that go beyond you, you know, from the Harvey glances, Steve Lins, et cetera, man, you, uh, you represent those guys and gals uh, with the highest of, of esteem, man. So thanks again, Mott. Really appreciate you. Uh, go out and have a, a great day. I appreciate you, man. Thank yeah, you. Man. You too. That's a wrap. Uh, I think we set a few records <laughs> right there. Uh, one record for sure. Uh, longest podcast uh, that I've ever done. Uh, but I tell you what, it seemed like it was one minute. It was an hour and 40, I think is what our uh, official recording time was there. But I tell you what, uh, I could have gone another hour and 40 with my man, Mott. He is just a bundle of energy. Energy is the right word for this young man. Uh, he has impacted people around the world and we'll continue to do so. So um, just so thankful. If uh, if you're still here, if you've made it this far, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope you received value and enjoyed connecting with Mont as much as I did. I This is so fun for me. Uh, I, again, like I mentioned in the intro, make sure you're subscribed so that you can be notified of future episodes. I hope you are listening to this because you don't know who Mont Johnson was. Uh, and that this uh, received, you gave value, get, received value from this in learning who this young man is and uh and reached out to him after and uh and, and increased your your circle there because he he deserves to be in your circle and, and vice versa you deserve to be in his as well so uh, again subscribe to the podcast uh, so that you can know when future episodes are published uh, and if you or someone you know uh, just like Mott Mott reached out to me to be a guest on the show uh, you can too if you're in the track and field world a coach an official uh, an administrator, uh, anything. I, I want to, uh, here at the Gale Athletics Connections podcast, share your story. So reach out to me at my email address, H-U-R-D-L-E at gillathletics.com. That's right, hurdle at gillathletics.com. In the meantime, hope you will uh, feel sh- feel led to share this podcast. Uh, it's, this is a word of mouth podcast. Would love for you if you receive value to tell your network and so other coaches and track and field enthusiasts can get to know the Gale Athletics Connection podcast. So if you'd share this on your social media network of choice, really would mean the world to me. And uh, really look forward to next time. Uh, please join us when we once again connect you with another great track and field coach.